tell me one thing, Burke? You're going out there to destroy them, right? Not to study, not to bring back, but to wipe them out. It's just one of those things managed to wipe out my entire crew in less than 24 hours. And if the colonists have found that ship, then there's no telling how many of them have been exposed. Do you understand? I ain't much for begging. Nobody ever gave me nothing. So I say, fuck that thing. Let's fight it. Okay, you guys ready? Mm-hmm. Yep. Okay. <laughs> Welcome to Perfect Organism, the Alien Saga podcast. This is episode 71, and I'm your host, Jane Prater, and this is our first round table in quite a while. And Woo! So yeah. it's, it's nice to see every... <laughs> see, I can't see anybody. It's nice to have you guys here, and uh, we have a guest today, um, one of our moderators from our little tiny group, Building Better Worlds, which is our own alien discussion group, which has been awesome. Clara... Feifei, I'll just use your, your that part of your name because everyone everyone knows you that way. Thank you for coming on. Yeah, yeah thank you. welcome, 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 welcome. So, Clara, uh, before we get into anything else, I just kind of want to talk to you, and also because I don't really know. I mean, I know of your presence. I know. I think I saw you in um, the Wayland Utani Bulletin a while. I remember because the admins were talking about you a little bit. <laughs> um, oh yes, um, I'm a bit popular there. Yes, and I remember seeing you there, and then I I think I discovered that you had your own site, and then it was kind of oh yeah, and then we brought you aboard uh, building better world. So how does your love with Alien? How did that all start? Uh, from from the very beginning, um, I guess I sat down. Well, my cousin was babysitting me at the time. Uh, I sat down with her and watched. Uh, the Alien 1979 back in 1986. This was her preparing to go see the Jim Cameron movie. Uh, and I was only four and I was just mesmerized. Um, I felt more of a connection with the Xenomorph, if anything. Really? Um, I, I became slightly obsessed. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I even cried when it, it got flushed out the airlock. <laughs> so, um, so I've always found this sort of a, draw to it and I've liked it but I've never really told people about it and it's kind of surprised people now that I've like come out of the alien closet or should I say (laughs) (laughs) the locker um (laughs) everyone um yeah everyone in the community has been like really nice to me uh despite having like you know different points of view about the movies and uh my, my first I guess cinema viewing was actually um alien resurrection because i only got to see alien three on um the video and um yeah (laughs) (laughs) i I don't hate resurrection as much as a lot of other people i I watched it when i was quite young because i'm i'm only like 35 so uh when i watched resurrection i was like oh wow that was a fun cool movie and then I got to know other people in the fran- who followed the franchise and they were like, wow, that movie was crap. And I was like, oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. I hated it for a long time. Uh, not, I wouldn't say that hate is a strong word. I, I just liked it for a long time after I 
took on the views of other people and I never really saw it from my point of view like I did that, that first time I watched it. And once I sat down with my friends just about a month ago, my friends um, uh, Jess and Magdalene, and they really love Alien as well, and they said, you know, it's really fun sort of movie. It's ridiculous. It takes a piss out of itself. Don't take it too seriously. It was entertaining, and that's the way I look at it now. I try not to look at it as the uh, serious entry into the franchise. I see it as the Parody. crazy uncle. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the crazy uncle of the family that, you know, does really stupid things and you're like, wow, this is embarrassing, but, you know, he's related anyway, so we have to accept it. Right. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> the the yeah. seamless of the Alien franchise. You know, I, I, uh, I loved Resurrection when it first came out when I was like a teenager because yeah, it was my first theatrical experience with Alien as well. Me too. And then, and then as I got older, I gradually hated it more and more. And and now I'm at a point where like I, I truly don't know whether I like it or not. So I think I think I got to watch it. Again. Yeah, me got, too. Now I feel like I got to watch it. Thanks, guys. <laughs> <laughs> I sure don't. <laughs> well, it's a very interesting. It's an interesting. I saw it seven times in the theater. Yes, I did seven times. Um, I, oh, but I, times. I worked well, for oh, I worked for the, the, the movie theater, so I, it was all for free. So I didn't wow. give, I didn't give them any, a dime of my money. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, that, that that movie that movie is the type of movie that you you keep underneath your mattress in your bed. You don't tell people it's there, but you like it's you like, know, you know it's, it's like there. alien porn. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't want what is that? Really what is that? Watching Resurrection again? Put put. The, uh, <laughs> I, <know. laughs> I just like you're, it. You're sitting down with your mom. We've, we have your hands. We've discovered. <laughs> we found that copy of Alien Resurrection under your bed. Do you want? Yeah. Do, you, do you need to talk? <laughs> yep. <laughs> so, you know, we've been talking about unpacking that again. So, Clara, you'll, you'll have to come on that episode too. Where we, we were hoping to kind of revisit Resurrection from like oh, a, a sort oh, cool. of era yeah. with kind of like actually talk about it instead of just kind of pooping on it all the time. So, <laughs> Clara, do you have a favorite? Uh, do you have a favorite of the trilogy? Or uh, uh, okay, uh, I'm sorry. Let me re- restate that. Do you have a favorite of all five films? Of like prequels oh. and originals, because I know you're a prequel fan. Six films. Yeah. Um, Six films. Oh, oh that's right. All the films. Or are um, you okay? I think it's this is so weird. It it was a, a massive shift for me, but I I think Alien Covenant has actually toppled Alien for me as my favorite film. <laughs> wow. Nice. I know. Wow. I know. Welcome to the totally dark side. Controversial. <laughs> <laughs> You just out Patrick, uh, Patrick. <laughs> <laughs> well, Clara, we Clara, we gotta go. So thanks. So <laughs> Moderator no, deleted. No, I mean that's that's great though. It really is great. Like even though obviously we all of us have our issues or whatever, or we see great things or we don't or whatever. I think that that's great. I think that's what makes the community a community, and I think we should be able to host all opinions and all passions. And laugh about it. I think it's awesome. Yeah. It is absolutely. Awesome. Yep. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I've said for a while. These movies speak to people in different ways. Except Dave. <laughs> <laughs> no. I'm not really human. I'm not really a human. So you're, you're, you're a replicant. <laughs> he doesn't count. <laughs> um, so can I ask you, though, Claire, and this is the last time I don't want to, like, you know, I, I, just because I am, I'm fascinated, too. Like, what is it about maybe alien covenant specifically, and that's going to be a topic of conversation for this podcast. As we talk about uh, Ridley Scott's 
quote uh, from the roundtable he was a part of, but what is it about the Alien films that, that, that touches you? And we've all had this moment that we've talked about, all of us, on these episodes. So here's your moment to just talk about it. Well, you gonna kill me or what? There's no point, is there? They've taken it out of you. Where is it? Is it on the ship? You mean my baby? I don't get it. If they took it out, why are they keeping you alive? Well, they're curious. I'm the latest thing. you think I would let you do that? I guess I'll bring up Resurrection again. Um, I really felt a connection with uh, Winona Ryder's character, Cole. Um, me, me being a girl and um, not really accepting who I am. I thought I was, you know, disgusting and I mm. couldn't really understand where I was, like, where my place is in the world. And watching Resurrection, having, you know, Ripley guide her, her being an alien herself, you know, I could really relate to that. And I think that's why I've always kind of found more relation with the synthetics in Alien than I have with um, any of the human characters. Even though I do, you know, look up to Ripley as, you know, uh, someone to aspire to, great mother figure, great fighter, a great human being, um, I still find myself drawn to the synthetics because of their fascination with the xenomorph because I had that fascination when I was four and it stayed with me forever. So yeah, I think that's, wow. that would be it. That's awesome. That is really awesome. That is really yeah. cool. I've never, that's a, just a cool take on that whole, that's awesome. Yeah. That sucks. <laughs> <laughs> and that's fine. That's cool. You know, whatever I find um, interesting doesn't mean other people will find interesting. No, it's an, it's an awesome perspective. I love that. Yeah. Can we introduce you to Dave? He's a synthetic. <laughs> no, it's Ryan. Ryan's the synthetic. Get it right, Michael. Oh. <laughs> no, but I, I think that that's great. Like, I mean, obviously this is our, our perfect organism alien podcast, but we also have Shoulder of Orion, which is our Blade Runner podcast. And for me, Rachel, who is a synthetic, is someone who I identify with for those very same reasons. Um, mm -hmm. so I, I think that that's great. And I don't, it's unexpected for me to, because synthetics aren't really explored except for in the prequels and with covenant, they're just starting to explore David a little bit more. So to get that take someone who is, who is, um, touched and moved by the, the droids in the original, uh, or in, in the alien series, it's awesome. I have not heard that, that, uh, point of view before. So that's great. Thank you for sharing that. Very cool. Yeah, it is really cool. And I do think personally that David is just a really fascinating window into that. Like, I think there's, there's so much there to, to talk about. Like, you know, I, I think that's, yeah, I, I totally can get that. That's, that's really fascinating. Yeah. And what's interesting. I, I just don't want to touch There's that one scene in alien three when Ripley turns on, um, the, what's left of Bishop. It's actually a very touching moving <clears throat> scene. Um, and he is <laughs> all servos and motors. I mean, it was a, one of the most amazing practical effects 
uh, done for a film. But yeah. the connection he has to her, he compliments her hair. There's a humanity that she's connecting with. And when she disconnects him from, and you hear him kind of give that last sigh, you see it in her eyes, this connection with this android who kind of, he's dead. Like that connection is gone. It's a touching moment um, yeah. that people don't really talk about. At first. Yeah, she did. Yeah, right. Right. She was, was ambivalent. Yeah, she, to that life. She, she smacked his cornbread. Yeah. Right. What did you say, Clara? And, she didn't trust him and um, to, you know, see that relationship grow and change. And mm -hmm. she could finally see Bishop as, um, you know, having, in a sense, having a soul. Like, you know, he makes a decision. He's like, I want to die. And mm -hmm. and I think, you know, if you take away the fact that he's a synthetic, you know, it, that brings up another uh, case of like, you know, people should be able to choose whether or not, you know, they stay on this earth or whether the, the mm -hmm. way that they want to go, they, they shouldn't be, you know, kept alive beyond what they're capable of or what they want to do. And um, I think, you know, that's really important that, you know, we could look at that character and then understand, you know, him making a decision like that is a really big deal. Mm -hmm. But him as a human making that decision is even a bigger deal. Ripley. How are you feeling? My legs hurt. I'm sorry. It's okay. I'm just a glorified toaster. How are you? Oh, I like your new haircut. Bishop, can you access data on the flight recorder? No problem. I'm home. What happened on the Sulaco? Why were our cryotubes ejected? Stasis interrupted. Fire in cryogenic compartment. Repeat. Fire in cryogenic. What started the fire, Bishop? Can you hear me? The fire was electrical. It was in the subflooring. Did the sensors pick up anything moving around on the ship prior to separation? It's very dark here, Ripley. I'm not what I used to be. Just tell me. Does the recorder indicate anything? Was there an alien on board? Yes. And it also it mirrors what Ripley goes through, right? Because she chooses to to sacrifice herself to yeah. to kill the the creature inside of her, and, and that was something that Sigourney Weaver insisted on in the script too. So it's it's true, like the sort of this this idea of like having agency in the choice of how your life comes to an end is like a really empowering thing, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I I totally agree. Hey, Absolutely. can you tell us about your blog a little bit while we're while we're talking? Yeah, um, so it's kind of weird the way it started. Uh, believe it or not, when I first watched Alien Covenant, I really hated it. Uh, <laughs> I placed it way below Resurrection. Um, and, wow. And, uh, yeah, it was just coming to terms with, like, why I hated it. And, and when I hate something, I, I just obsess over it. I watch it. I try to find out why. Um, mm -hmm. I, don't, I, I try to find the reason why. And in that, uh, I started my own um, Discord channel where I chat to people. So I, I go onto Reddit and uh, the LV426 Reddit. Hi, guys. Well, what? Um, they, <laughs> they have their own uh, Discord and um, they refuse to have an Android Discord. And it's like, well, I feel like the Androids are an important integral part of the alien universe. I want to be able to talk about them. So I made my own. <laughs> and then nice. I made the blog to um, link to it um, to start chatting to people on, on Tumblr because there's a lot of people on Tumblr who, who like um, – androids as well and then 
I started my Facebook fan page and it's just it's just going crazy um, through all of this analysis trying to find uh, the reason why I hated Covenant it it made me do a complete 180 and now I love it it's it's I think just reaching this certain understanding of the sort of story that uh, John Logan and Dante Harper tried to convey through uh, the movie and Ridley Scott's vision and uh, yeah it's just it's changed everything for me and, and now I've got an outlet for my alien obsession I don't have to tell my friends about it <laughs> that's fascinating I'm, I'm, I'm sitting here listening to you and I'm thinking I want to know how because I would love to love it I would I would really yeah. would love to love it but I don't and I've tried I've tried to watch it again you have you've tried I did I you tried. have tried and the you've effort, even... appreciate the effort <laughs> at least 10 hours at this point arguing about it and I know. still yeah but seriously though I mean that that most people most people who do that most people you know and I wouldn't use the term for myself I don't hate alien covenant I never did I, there's parts of it that I don't like that I don't connect with that are seem nonsensical but there's parts of it that I absolutely adore um so I, I'm not like a hater by any stretch, um, but oh, wow. but usually <laughs> people who don't like things who or who are passionate, like, yes, there are things about Covenant I passionately don't like, and I'll tell you what those are. Or I would say I have said what they are, um, and people know, um, but I think it's easy to cast those who don't agree with you, and I'm, not, I'm saying you in general. Um, it's easy to cast those people as haters. And that's a word that's used far too often to to cast aspersion on a, a, an opinion that you don't agree with. Oh, they're a hater. And I, and I think that also that's kind of what's been going on in fandom a little bit. These people who mm -hmm. maybe love Covenant, um, there's uh, criticisms of them. And and then the, the opposite, oh, well, you're just haters. You're just haters. And I think it shuts down conversation. It shuts down the ability to actually, well, let's talk about, well, what do we like and what we don't like? Mm -hmm. um, and I, I just think it's really important, especially as a fandom, to come together with all of these differing uh, opinions and views um, and have those live and survive and thrive um, without feeling like you, because you love Covenant, <laughs> that's a, an assault on my intelligence. You know what I mean? Yeah. And to be yeah, fair, that, that was part of where Building Better Worlds came from. That was kind of, right? That's like sort yeah. of the conversation we were having was was we wanted to, to create an, an environment where it's like very open and accepting. And it's like no matter what you want to talk about, people will try to engage on it in a really humane way. Because um, it, it like like we said in the in the little mini-sode last night, like it's it's been a very difficult year with an alien fandom. It's been a year of, of, of extreme highs for some people and extreme lows for other people. And a lot of confusion, and a lot of discord, and a lot of um, conflict, and uh, and and I, I feel like the only way to, to get like we can do one of two things, right? We can either ignore that, like we can just we can only talk about the which canonical is, trilogy, which is what we've been doing, or, which is <laughs> to be fair, we've been doing a little bit of that for the last <laughs> couple of months, which is okay, it's healthy, but like, but we do obviously have to reengage with it, and 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 to and I am not willing because I got I got I don't know if they were true or not but i got actual death threats um in a certain message group whoa uh for expressing a love of covenant and and i and i was and I, I stopped talking about it online i was like this is getting so out of hand at this point um sorry I, am i allowed to swear <laughs> because like oh yeah that swear is away extreme that is extremely fucked up like yeah. since when does something like as personal as a movie preference become a reason to wish death on someone like that is just immature it's, it's ridiculous in, it's 
and and I I, I, yeah. I, I I had a very hard time with that and, and I actually that's part of why I'm affiliated with this show in the first place is because that day I actually contacted Dave and Michael and Jamie and Ryan and I was like hey uh, like I need a positive outlet for my <laughs> family I need to like <laughs> like please like can we just like have something healthy where we can just like you know have a positive environment yeah and that was that was part of how uh, we've kind of like re-engineered these shows to to be a little bit more to try to get different opinions on you know and and to try to open things up a little bit you know and, and it's i think it's been a really good journey but yeah i don't mean to to you know harpoon this episode with this with this whole thing but yeah it's been a it's been a strange year well i think that's important you know though yeah. yeah i think a lot of people can relate to this and like people forget that there's a lot of newcomers to the franchise people who really love covenant it was something that really spoke to them and to be like them joining these groups, people who've been, you know, uh, following the movies from the beginning to then like, you know, I guess crap on the, the things that people genuinely love and then feel ashamed about being able to share what connected uh, to them for it. Mm-hmm. It's, yeah. it's really, really horrible. It's really rude. It, it, re- it reminded me of how I felt when I first watched Resurrection and I liked it and then I came into the <laughs> fandom and the people were like, Oh yeah, that that movie's shit. And it's like, oh, okay. Now I can't even talk about the movie. I can't analyze it. I can't say what part spoke to me. And I think I think that yeah. sucks. I think. And think about what you lose when you a, can't talk like that. You know? Yeah. Oh well, yeah, like, absolutely. Further like, understanding and everything. Like Patrick, yeah. you. I mean, we we talked about it. I've I've talked about it a couple of times, and we actually had an episode on it, and we were talking about, you know, what what the movies meant to us or how it got started. And I tell people all the time. I said the funniest thing is. My my whole interaction with the entire alien universe of anything I do in comics and novels and movies and the whole nine yards, my issue always goes back onto I saw him with my dad. So, yeah, you know, I yeah. went and saw Covenant and I saw Prometheus and I saw Alien 3, which was the first I saw in the theater, and I saw Resurrection. I saw those with my dad in the theater and I had my dad and I went to the movie and we had an absolute blast. We loved Covenant, both of us. Mm-hmm. And it was so funny because the moment it got mainstream, all of a sudden people just crushed it. And I it was know. like, and it, it made me feel bad. Like I wasn't supposed to go and have a good time seeing it with my dad because, you know, oh, you can't, you can't like this movie. And yeah. I said, thank goodness for all of you guys and everybody else out there that was like, you know, hey, just let's just talk about it. And, you know, oh, what did you like? Oh, yeah, me too. All this that's like the saving grace of the, of the movie is, is yeah, the man. fact that there's groups like us and all of you guys and, and everybody else that's like, yeah, you know what? We're not going to do that kind of crap. Let's just all talk about it. It's more fun to discuss yeah. it than tear people down. Yeah, exactly, huh? dude. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I, because I, yeah, well, I just wanted to say that I think that it's so important uh, to, and I was having a, private discussion with Patrick about this. Actually, it wasn't private. It was me, Patrick, and Ryan through our, we text on our phones just to kind of communicate. Um, and talking about what I think people have to understand and when we talk about a certainly Alien Covenant, but Prometheus as well, why there's so much outrage uh, from a, a certain group. And then, of course, there's another group who loves. But for the people who are really passionate, for those people, and I'll consider myself one of those people, um, Part of it felt personal. Part of it felt like it was a tearing down of something that was really special. Part of it felt like, where's where where is part of this? Where can I find 
the series that I've always loved in this movie. Um, mm-hmm. Where can I find someone to believe in? And so to be a part of a fandom where you've been watching these films since you were a kid for 25, 30 years for some people or longer or shorter or whatever, um, the letdown was really personal. And um, and we're going to get into this as we discuss Ridley Scott's comments. Um, mm-hmm. But for me specifically, the treatment of the alien felt like a personal insult to me. Um, yes. And, and people have to understand that that's how a certain set of people took that. And it's not personal yeah. against the people who love it, but that's how I, to me, I could tell that Ridley Scott had not, wasn't very interested in these creatures. I could right. tell that these creatures were uh, uh, obtuse. They were, they were there because they were told he, he was told or whatever that they had to be in the film. I could tell that he wasn't that interested. And for me, Perceiving that fact um, felt like an insult. Like, why are you making an alien film if you don't want to use an alien? Like, if you're not interested in alien, why are you doing that? So before we get into oh, yeah. that, before we get into that portion of it, though, I just want to say a lot of people feel they felt personally offended uh, that yep. they could see right through it, um, and so and some of the reaction towards people who loved it, like can't. People are thinking, well, can't you see this too? Can't you see that this man wasn't very even interested in these things? How do you deal with that? And instead mm-hmm. of talking about it, it was like two sides of the aisle and everyone's just screaming at each other. You know, I, th- was, I think, that, you so, know what, too, yeah. the, the hype, the hype is what fueled the fire. Yeah. Because there, there was so much media hype before the movie that you had your the people that were so, ing- like, I can't believe this is finally going to happen. And then when it came out and it looked like that and it, and it, it wasn't, it didn't feel like he, like it was put into what we were hoping for. It just split. Mm-hmm. Like there yeah. was the people that were it, like, it just, but like I said, it just fueled that emotions for everybody. Mm-hmm. And that, I think that was the worst part of the whole thing. I mean, we talked yeah. about it here on the podcast. Think of how many episodes we had about, Oh, you know, I can't wait for this scene and I can't wait for this. <laughs> and we were so engrossed in it. Yeah. And then all of a sudden when, when we saw the finished product, we were like, I can't believe you just screwed with my, <laughs> you know what I mean? it really did. It, yeah. just, it turned uh, one, you know, oh, that I was, and totally I totally relate I, to that. Yeah. yeah I was, was I've been fault. on both sides of this, you know, I, yeah. I came out of the cinema absolutely seething. I was screaming yeah, at me my too. friends. Yeah. I was like, what the hell was that? <laughs> Why were they kissing? What was that flute scene? Why was the Xenomorph <laughs> waving oh, his arms in the air like it was a rave? Yeah. It just, it just oh, I was just so angry. And, and yeah, I, I took it out on uh, all of my friends, unfortunately. Sorry, guys. I really apologize that I was so passionate about <laughs> how it came out. But I don't know. Like, I felt so misled watching The Crossing. I had all these expectations in my head having, you know, followed yes. all of the viral media because that's yeah, what I'm like right. when I'm for these movies. Um, my husband, he completely ignores virals. He only watches teasers for movies, but I mm. fully get into it. I follow it. I stalk the hell out of it. And then once I got the movie and I watched it, I was like, what the fuck is this? <laughs> yeah. I'm so angry. Oh my God. And I, I was, yeah, my skin was burning and uh, <laughs> it took a long time for me to be able to, uh, you know, really understand the, uh, the themes and, and everything that they were trying to say with the movie as well um, for me to do a complete 180 and, and absolutely love the film for it to be my favorite. It's just, uh, 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, I think crazy. I think we need to unpack that more, Claro, because when we talk a little bit towards the end of this episode about how our relationship with the film has changed or stayed the same over the last six months, I think it'd be really cool to kind of trace that if you could mm-hmm. kind of take it. Yeah. So but before we move on, though, before we move on, I want to do a quick uh, congrats round because we have a couple of like pretty exciting life announcements to make. One is that our very own Michael uh, has another child now as of how long? Two months ago? Yes, yeah, a uh, month and a half. Oh, month and a half. Yeah. She's adorable. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah she's, a, she's my sidekick. Thank you, guys. I appreciate that. Congrats. Yeah, congrats. Her, yeah. name, her name is Ellen Bishop. <laughs> <laughs> yep. <laughs> yep. Ellen Bishop Hicks. <laughs> I, I don't know where the Hicks came from. <laughs> figure that out. <laughs> Ryan is expecting triplets. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> it's a big deal. It's a big deal. Uh, the other one is uh, is Dave is starting a new job in like four hours uh, tomorrow yeah. morning. So, so like uh, big big congrats to you, dude. Yeah, congratulations. Yeah, been a busy couple of months. Hey, should we? Uh, since we're kind of running low on time here, you want to guys want to move on? Want to talk yeah. about these comments? Yeah, let's move yes. on. And I was so. thinking maybe uh, we can have another episode of talking i am fascinated about your journey clara about how you went from hating to i think that's probably a full episode right there so we can kind of work that out because i think it's important (laughs) i I think i think it's important i really think this fandom i know this sounds cheesy and overzealous this alien fandom needs some love like like we are it's so fractured and even with the comments from ridley scott it's like pushed like i mean everyone's seen the comments on the page i mean it just went it, it was fire. I mean, people were like, mm-hmm. Oh my God, I hate it. Oh, that's great. I want more too. Like, like it was, it, it's been amazing to see people come out of the woodwork to, because they wanted to express their opinion about where they were, where they are with the film six months later. Um, yeah. so I think that it's worth hearing your journey so that maybe that can kind of help other people, even if they don't change their mind, at least it'll kind of help them understand as we engage with other people who might not share our opinions yeah, yeah. in the future. Mm. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So moving yeah, let's, on. Let's, let's do that, seriously. Ryan, um, and as we move on, I want to have, Ryan's going to read the quote from Ridley Scott, and I say, if we can, if the best we can, let's all of us kind of give our thoughts about that quote and what that might mm-hmm. mean kind of without talking over each other. Yeah, so, um, so Ridley Scott was in a roundtable hosted by the Hollywood Reporter recently, um, and he was asked by the host uh, why he chose to direct Alien Covenant over Blade Runner 2049. Um, and really, uh, this is his comment. Um, it said, or he said, it was a crossfire of too much business. I'm doing a lot of TV and a lot of films. Um, there are six films going out this year. And one of them, I figured it was a good piece of business to follow through on Prometheus, which from ground zero had good liftoff. So we went to Covenant to perpetuate the idea and re-evolve the universe of the alien. But I think the beast has almost run out personally. You've got to come in with something else. You've got to replace that. And so I was right. I was ahead of the game. I had to make a decision, and Denny was a terrific choice. He's referring to Denny Villeneuve, um, who directed 2049, which is awesome movie. But... Um, but yeah, that's uh, that was his quote, and I was... I was kind of struck by it. I mean, I know he said stuff before about the beast being cooked, um, but the way with the way Covenant went, and you know, listening to your you and uh, or Patrick and Jamie talk about this in the podcast from I believe it was just yesterday. Um, yeah, it was and, last night. Yeah, it was last night. And um, 
you know, Patrick, you, you said, um, you know, really had set this up to, with Covenant to be kind of this, you know, you could see the strands of the bridge being built to lead into the back of Alien. Now he says something like this. It sounds like he just wants to do almost a complete spinoff, you know, and just forget the forget the beasts, you know, and he wants to focus, I think, in a different quote, you know, focus on AI. And um, I was just, yeah, I was kind of surprised and frustrated by it. I, I think ultimately I was you know, with you guys, like, I'm just confused, like, where he wants to go with this, you know, with this series, um, and where he wants to take it, and I, I just don't feel comfortable with the direct, director duties being in his hands for, you know, future Alien films, um, but, uh, but yeah, you know, I'm kind of interested to hear, you know, which, which you all have to say about it, so. Gogol, what do you uh, think? It, it didn't surprise me, because I heard this Similar type of quote during the, the Prometheus um, production that he didn't want to deal with it anymore. He wanted to tell a different story, like a, you know, like you said, another story in the universe or a side quill as whatever the hell um, you want to call it. Just tell a different story. And then when I saw in Covenant the alien was coming back, I was surprised. And obviously mm-hmm. the way it was treated was as a, being a huge xenophile myself. I was like, it looks cool, but this isn't the beast we know and love. It seems, you know, you hear it in the quotes where, you know, it really is like, uh, you know, Fox, you know, we, you know, the complaint was, you know, uh, there was no alien. And that's, that's not what the complaint was. It seemed, again, I'm just guessing, I'm just, you know, throwing a hypothesis out there like everybody else, that it was forced on him. And really didn't want to do it. So the way he came out was it was him saying, all right, this is what you want, Fox. This is what you get. Now, if he didn't want to do it, he just should have said, I'm not going to do it. And stuck with his original vision, which, hell, we might have liked or we might have hated. But at least it was it was his and it was different. Because Prometheus, you know, as we spoke with it before, especially you and I, um, <clears throat> you know, Jamie, Prometheus stuck with me a lot more than Covenant did. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, as I like to say, Prometheus asked so many questions. Covenant answered too many questions i almost kind of like the the feel prometheus gave me and like if really really had one nothing to do with the alien then walk away from the project give it to somebody else but again you know a man of his age his power probably figured whatever i'll do it and if it comes up bad i can say fox i told you so and then i'll do something else which that quote almost sounds like he's saying told you fox now i'm gonna do whatever i want you know i it's what it it's tough to say because really has a habit of having diarrhea of the mouth, he'll say <laughs> one thing, he'll say one thing, and then six weeks later, he'll say something else, and then six weeks later, it'll be something else. So who the hell knows? We could be yelling about something else in it's another, true. you know, yeah. six months. But yeah. um, it came off as... Shoehorned like in. Yeah. yeah, yeah, as shoehorned in, and uh, the quote was just something I've heard before, and almost his way of saying, told you, Fox, I'm going back to the engineers now. Thank you, bye. You know, that's what it sounded like. I'm not sure. Like, I almost feel like someone saying like, well, you know, I have this, I brought this to you. And if I decide that I want to take it in a different direction, I will. And if I don't, I don't, it, it's just, it's so wishwash. Like I can't follow him. I, I don't know what you're as a, as him as a director, I don't know what you're trying to do. Okay. So you, you had alien. We, we got the premise. We've all seen alien. We know what it was. You know, the alien was on the ship. Here was this crew 
mm-hmm. know, there, it, it was frightening. It was sci-fi. It was it was everything. It was perfect, and it was a great job. And it evolved from there. And you had aliens, and you had Alien Three, and you had Alien Resurrection, and Okay, so we come back with Prometheus. So now you want to build up to Alien, you know, to the original Alien. You start out in a totally different direction. Okay, I understand. So we went from trying to figure out how this creature got to where it was. But we started out as you building a whole story about a synthetic. Like in, in each one, it got kind of different and different. And like me personally, like like Dave and I have talked. I mean, we we did our, our thing on it. Like the whole experimentation and covenant with David and evolution and you know genetics and all that stuff. To me, that was great. That's what I wanted to see because it was the slow evolution of where you went from point A to Alien 1979, and, and it was great. And then all of a sudden, he kind of lost it. But he always seems to me whenever there's any kind of the fans kind of rise up and say, what did you do? You didn't do what you promised us. All of a sudden it's like, well, you know, I wanted to, but somebody else interfered. And it's like, he always backtracks to kind of save his own ass. Literally. I mean, it just, uh, that's to me like this, this words is like, well, I know people didn't enjoy the movie, but well, this is why I, I just think that the alien has been overdone. Well, no, it's not been overdone, but you didn't do what you promised people you were going to do. You know, you're either going to go with the synthetic route, which is fine by me, or you're going to go with the where did we get the Xeno from, which is fine with me as well. But don't try to, like, mix and match in and out. Like, he had – he was behind Covenant, so he could have easily – like, here's – you know, it wasn't that the aliens overcooked. It was you put a stupid flute scene in. Okay, (laughs) you put the Pinocchio alien in. You put all this dumb stuff in that didn't need to be in the movie, and then the stuff that we want to see, all of a sudden you release it after the movie to explain mm-hmm. to us what should have been in the movie to begin with. And then to come back at the very end and, and kind of give that like, well, you know, I don't know if the alien is really there enough to to hold the, the, hold the, uh, the flame anymore. No, that's absolutely what the whole franchise wants to see, but you just have your own thing. So either, like Dave said, either – do your synthetic storyline, which is fine, or what you really want to do, and put 110% into it, or don't do it at all. And give the reins over to somebody else that's got a passion for it that really wants to do it. Because, you know, I don't want to be the talk about the elephant in the room, but remember uh, there was some a director sitting there in the wings waiting to do his own version, but that got shot down. You yeah. know, and we all know who that is, and we all know what that whole situation was about. So there's a guy that had passion to do it, but, you know, hey – Scott has to be in control of this and then to turn around and say, well, you know, that's not really the the good part anymore. I, I, as you can tell, I I don't have good vibes for that, that whole situation. Yeah. So, yeah. like I said, it, it just as an alien fan from aliens who loves the creatures, who loves the Xeno, who that is my prime thing for someone who gave me that first glimpse of it to turn around and say, well, you know, that's really not the, the main thing anymore involved in. I'm like, it just kind of irked me. Let's just say it that way. Well, and as Patrick pointed out, you know, yesterday when he's talking, to, I mean, anyone who's played, and we have a lot of gamers that let listen to anyone who's played Alien Isolation knows that the 
that is not it's the incredible. beast is not cooked. Yeah. Oh, definitely. Oh my not. goodness. Okay. Yeah. Isn't I can we all agree that isolation is one of the best fun. things to happen to Alien? Yeah, absolutely. Like, pretty much. Yeah. I mean, I, I feel yeah. like that is yeah. a titanic achievement. Yeah. Like that that game is and it, what's amazing about it is that it's so not new, you know? Is right. that it's so, it's it's like so set in the world of the original film. It's like very claustrophobic, it's very tight, it's a very small story, it's a very contained environment. The alien is basically the big chap that we know and love. Like there it's it's very contained. Well, and like, yet within that like very minute paradigm it does these amazing things, you know? Yeah. Oh, like Dave, so it's like so Dave and I <laughs> yeah, Dave. I mean, look at look at Dead Orbit. Look yeah. at Defiance. Yeah. Look, yeah. I mean, there are so many yeah. stories out there to tell, and it like it's like for some reason they think this is the only possible story you can tell. Well, about the about this franchise. Well, this is the thing, though. This is the thing that people have to understand. For Ridley Scott, the alien is cooked. He's not interested. Uh, That's the thing. Right. It's it's not. Yeah. This has nothing to do with the fans. It has nothing to do with the audience. Then he's trying to change the narrative. That's what I think. He's trying to change yeah. the narrative to say, oh, look, Alien Covenant wasn't very recepted, received very well. I don't think it's people want to see this Aliens cooked, isn't it? Yep, it is. Let me make a film about David. Um, that's what I think he's trying to change the narrative. I mean, I, I, I all all kind of for myself, I, I don't see any other way around it. That's he wants to. And I understand that as a, as a filmmaker, as kind of the father of the alien, even though Geiger's kind of more the father of the alien. He. he uh, Ridley Scott directed Alien. His name, you know, he's the director. He's got the prestige. He's got the honors. He's got the legacy. Um, he, I can understand as someone who's responsible for the whole franchise. By this point, I would probably think, yeah, I've seen it quite a bit. It's been all over. It was bastardized in the AVP films. I can understand him wanting to do something different. Um, I really do. I think that there's an issue with him trying to dumb it down for himself so he can change the narrative and make a different film. I think, but I think if, that that's the conversation we're trying to have. He needs to, yeah. that people need to and, have. And if take. that's the case, that's if that's the case, if that's the case, like, oh, cause I think I have a good point. They give the piece to somebody else. Yeah. Hey, listen, I don't, I'm bored of it. I don't know what to do with it anymore. I'm going to tell a different part of the alien world, do my own little, you know, thing, have my own kind of almost expanded universe type thing. Then who say give the beast tale to somebody else? Let someone do us, you know, a, yeah, but, a sequel or. But I don't think he has that desire to let someone do that. I don't think he does either, and I also think that's going to be the hardest thing to sell to 20th Century Fox of all, because at this point you have, um, in, you know, like you already have this very bifurcated fan base. You already have this very sort of contentious environment. You have a film that didn't quite recoup its marketing budget. You have. Uh, and, and it was kind of a, co a combination of these two different story streams that were going on. So like, so for him to do that, it would take Scott saying to the studio, hey, I'm going to, to focus on David and focus on AI and make a more direct Promethean follow-up. And I'm going to like let somebody else do an alien follow-up. And then Fox is going to go, how do we market that? You know, like we, we yeah. uh, like uh, we, we because film studios, as we know, don't function like that. Right. Look at Star Wars. Like you had, you had the the canonical trilogy, and then you had these fucking nightmares that came out in the early two thousands, and then and now you have the Disney era, and and it's all happening. Sure. You know, it's very. It's like this year we're going to get a, a Star Wars story chapter. This year we're going to get the film. Like studios have have to have this like they have to have this like long term game plan for how they're going to make money on these films, and so. Alien is already a hard sell because it's it's already it's not this sort of universally beloved family ready franchise or profitable. Like, you know, 
or right. profitable or 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 it, there's not like an established vision for it. It's been it's gone through so many different creative teams through the years. Like it's already a hard sell to begin with, right? Mm-hmm. Like you're not going to make a billion dollars on an alien film. Um, yeah. I think I would argue you could if you were to do something in the vein of aliens and, and pull it off, you know, like if you could have this sort of really big triumphant action filled, you know, alien film. But I don't know if anybody would see it because as we have just seen Blade Runner 2049, which is perhaps the best film released, in my opinion, in the past 10 years, uh, is barely making any money. So, like, you know, who, who the fuck knows? I don't, I don't know. Clara, what so, do you well, think? Well, OK. OK. Um I've said this on my blog, actually, so I'm going to read from it. Uh, Ridley Scott said almost, and everyone misses that. Uh, and, and this is in his opinion. And um, to me, it doesn't equal, like, removing the xenomorph, as some websites have said. Uh, and I think people are just, like, going to extremes to discredit Scott and discredit his uh, direction for which he wants the prequels to, to go. And, you know, he's clearly said uh, in a previous um, statement that he wanted to look at what sort of world the AI would create. David, what would, world would he create free from humanity or morals? So he's he's off the leash now from Wayland. He's uh, obviously got no morals. Like, there's, there's no uh, Asimov uh, protocols in place to really rein in his, his madness. And um, mm-hmm. through this, I think we are actually going to see a, a proper xenomorph homeworld. That means, like, outside of what the other canonical uh, entries in the um, franchise have done, is kind of, like, painted themselves into a corner. I think in, in Resurrection they do mention the xenomorph is extinct. All of the um, the space has been uh, explored, colonised. There's, there's nothing there. And, um, you know, to then say, oh, yeah, we want to go in that direction or past that direction. You're just going to invite yourself into another, oh, you know, let's do another resurrection. And not everyone would want to do that. So I think by making David the creator, putting him in charge and and having all of these colonists to play with and then finally getting a Xenomorph homeworld, there is a place that uh, they could survive outside of, where humans can roam, where humans know they are. And uh, if anything, you know, he's kind of breathed life into the beast. And, you know, he's already, like, done non-xenomorph big chap stuff in the prequels. So everyone's getting all upset and angry over this, oh, you know, he's, like, not going to do the xenomorph anymore. Well, we've seen variations. We've seen the neomorph. We've seen the trilobite, hammerpede, you know. Uh, the Black Ooze variations, we've seen mutated Firefield, and I think that, for me, was so much more interesting than the constantly regurgitated stuff that I've seen many times before. I mm. think he's already done what he's already been saying, you know? He said, "I, you've got to replace that, and I was right. I was ahead of the game. I think he was, you know? <laughs> I think people are just getting upset for no reason. Well, I, I think that, I think, Clara, I think you make some really valid points. I, I think you're right. I think he said almost, and I think he was probably giving his personal opinion, um, not what is actually going to happen in the next Alien film. He was probably speaking from, like, hey, in my opinion, this thing's almost cooked. Um, he, here's the danger, and I think here's what happened, and, Clara, you probably already could guess it. The fan base is very fractured. People are already on edge. No one, it's like... 
It's like, again, the elephant in the room. No one wants to talk about it. And no one feels like they can talk about it without kind of warring factions kind of screaming at each other. That's kind of where we've been at. I mean, uh, yeah, I mean, we, again, even as a podcast, we haven't really touched on the subject since really yesterday when we released our mini-sode. But the I think odd people freaked out about that comment, not because, even though everything that you said, Clara, is correct, and I, I'm, I'm, I'm vibing with you, um, and I also believe that you can do something new. I totally believe that that's possible. What was new in Prometheus, I thought, was fantastic. Those engineers are fucking amazing. They're terrifying. Mm-hmm. Those engineers are terrifying to me. Um, and he created this iconic thing, this iconic creature of the engineer um, that now lives and breathes within the alien world. And I think it's amazing. I think he could almost bring the engineer back as the alien um, in place of it. And we could imagine walking in on that and that thing's looking at you, you know, I mean, it's fucking scary. Um, but his comments came at a time when fandom can't handle it. That's the problem. And his comments came at a time when fandom was already highly distrustful of his, his decisions. And so there's a lot of maybes. And one of the maybes is, well, if, for you, Ridley Scott, if the alien is cooked or almost cooked, then don't do another alien film. And I think that's a reasonable opinion to assert. Like, a lot of people are nervous. A lot of people, and I, I've, we've already discussed, and I discussed this with both Ryan and Patrick, getting the fans on board another alien film, good luck. Good luck. Good luck getting yeah. AVP Galaxy and Sci-Fi and us and other groups, like, on that train, you know. And even, uh, just as to an earlier point... Uh, with Clara, you, something, you said something about the, the virals for Covenant, which I absolutely loved. And the problem with the virals of Covenant is that they did not reflect the film whatsoever. Mm. And so we got more character than we in the virals than, than we got into this film. I really thought Alien or Covenant was going to be more of a character-driven film. It wasn't. Well, it sort of was and it wasn't. The, the characters they end up really focusing on towards the end of Covenant are characters I can't even identify, not so much identify with, David Fassbender for me has always been a difficult actor to David, to... David Fassbender. Oh, I'm sorry. Michael Fassbender. <laughs> That's a David Freudian Fassbender. slip if I've ever heard one. Um, <laughs> Michael, yeah, but it's, it's true. Michael Fassbender, I've, he is a phenomenal actor that I've never been able to connect with emotionally. And for me, that's how I've connected with Alien films. If you're going to give me an, an android, uh, this is the second outing of this android. If anything, I connected with Michael... Or, with yeah, with David. Now I'm getting their names confused. In, Prome- in Prometheus, I kind of when I, he was being talked down to by Holloway and just kind of, kind of a little bit uh, abused by uh, Vickers. I kind of had some feelings for David. Like I, I felt like he's just there doing his job. He's a subservient slave. By Covenant, I was like, fuck this guy or fuck this thing. You know. Um, oh my god, were- it's so funny because by Covenant, I was like, oh my god, I love David. I was but, like, oh yeah, my god. but did he's, you love he's such a why- fascinating character but now? You can love him great. because he's fascinating, not, not because you can identify it with him though. It's I'm yeah, talking- I don't have to. That's the transition, Jamie. Is it's like yeah, I, like all the other films are character driven, but the new but the the prequels are ideas driven. I would argue. But I, ideas I aren't enough. The, it's like saying, oh, there's really great ideas in that painting, but it's ugly. 
Like for me, that I can't. But sometimes that's enough. No, like, no, it's not enough. I, I don't think that in itself is fascinating. No, you know? style movies is not don't enough. always have to be so narratively driven. Sometimes movies can be movies of ideas, I'm not, movies of influence. I agree with movies you. I agree with you. Phantasmagoric and and crazy shit. I agree that with makes you. Makes you afraid. You know. I agree with you, but for me, and I think a large part of the movie going audience, there has to be an inroad. There has to be someone to root for. I have no one to root for for the alien. like. Why am I like? I uh, there's plenty of ideas that I love to talk about, and but I can't. I'm not going to walk away from a film. Oh yeah, it was awesome. Well, what was awesome? Well, this looked really cool over there, and that was really cool, and this was a great idea. Most of the time, when I walk away from a film, it's well, I could really identify with Rachel. I could really identify with Ripley. I could really identify with Vasquez, or I could identify probably with maybe a little bit of Vickers or David from C Prometheus by Covenant. Everyone else had died except for Daniels, who I didn't give a shit for anyways. And I walked away thinking, yes, there are great ideas in this film, but that's not enough for me. That's not enough to give you know, me back. I, I have to I have to agree with you, Jamie. That that's might be the one this might be the one thing that I can totally agree with you on is the fact that I actually did like Covenant and I came out of that movie and to this day there are none of those characters that I truly like said man I she's got to make through it to the end of the movie yeah. this person has to make it all the way through or this person has to be I, I didn't I didn't find it like when I grew up with the, the you know the original trilogy you know of course we've talked about this before Ripley every single movie that she was in I followed her to a T because mm -hmm. I wanted to make sure, you know, here's how she started out the movie. Oh, man, she's going through all this mess, and is she going to come out at the end? And she comes out at the end, she's like, I'm like, wow, I feel great. My, you know, my character made it the whole way through the movie. I watched Covenant, and besides the, you know, David's lab and stuff like that, I'm the exact same way. I didn't find a single character that I could root for, you know, that I was like, okay, I got to push behind this character. It was literally just a movie that included bits and pieces. And, and and I love the movie, but I can honestly say that I have to agree with him on that one. Is I just there was nobody in that movie that I came out of there going, man, Daniels was awesome. I cannot wait to see her in another movie. It just wasn't there for me. Yeah, I want. I just want to give Patrick some support, though. Um, you know, just uh, <laughs> because uh, one of my favorite movies, uh, sci-fi movies of all time, is 2001: Space, Space Odyssey. Space Odyssey, exactly. I love, I love it too. Um, I love it too. Same fucking brainwave, right? It's now. one of my favorite yeah. movies too. Go ahead, yeah. continue. And, and I'm not. I'm saying it's. Um, and I, I, it's probably an ex, I would say maybe it's an exception to the rule, but I that was a movie of ideas that just blew my mind, mm -hmm. and I didn't really care about Dave Bowman or Frank Poole, mm -hmm. um, and all, I found Hal Nine Thousand to be one of the most legendary absolutely uh, AIs you know ever, um, and but uh, but that was a movie that just blew me away by its ideas and its imagery and the music and just everything about it. And it wasn't so much the narrative. It mm -hmm. wasn't so much the characters. Um, but no, but I will say that for the most part, if I leave a, if I leave a movie that I don't really connect with the characters, I'm like, well, that, that wasn't that great, but there are exceptions. And so I, would I just absolutely to, agree. And yeah. with, if you're talking about 2001, a space odyssey, 
I leave that film every time like I've just discovered something. There's a right. feeling of an emotional discovery. I feel emotionally connected to a, to uh, 2001 in a way that I can't really describe. When I'm watching it, the the monolith in the beginning, there's this yeah. sense that we're being taken on the, the journey of human of humanity, which affects us all. Whether it's from the the the, the apes in the beginning to the discovery mm-hmm. of the monolith on uh, was it Mars or Europa later on. Um, there is yeah. this, there's this, and you hear the music, like it's building and it's building and you feel like it's taking you on an emotional journey of discovery. Um, mm-hmm. and so I could leave that. And yes, it's all about ideas. Like I agree with you. I don't, I think Hal 9,000 or whatever, he's legendary. The other, the astronauts weren't that whatever. I don't really, but I'm invested in the experience and the journey. Mm-hmm. And there's, there's a lot of care and love going into that experience to take us like, who are we? Where do mm-hmm. like what what are we what are we alone in this world these large yeah. ponderous questions Alien Covenant I would, is very different I would that. like to argue that Alien Covenant is exactly that it could um, be yeah <laughs> <laughs> and, and and this is coming from like you know I've only had a high school education you know I'm I'm not one of these I guess like really book smart people went into the cinema I immediately understood all of the sorts of themes that were going through the movie therefore it was like a nuanced uh, experience for me it was it was opposite of that and and once I went through the trouble of, of looking up all of the different references researching all of the art all the music everything in that movie is intentional just like everything in Blade Runner 2049 was intentional nothing in that set was by accident none of the choices like even showing Shaw being dead was an accident. All of this was planned. And the mm-hmm. more I dig into it and the more I read into it, it's just astounding, like the sort of lengths they've gone through to, to follow, uh, I guess, Ridley Scott's vision uh, to, to kind of tell the story. But the problem is people um, can't understand, I guess, and understand it straight away. They have to do the research. They have to read into it. They have to, you know, really try to find what the message is. And without that, without that lack of understanding, without um, knowing what you're watching, you're going to feel that disconnect. And and like I said, I felt that disconnect immediately when I watched the movie. I didn't have that understanding and I hated it. But once I reached that understanding, it's it's a masterpiece. It's unbelievable. I just, I could rave on for it forever. My, My blog has over 55 different entries of things I found in Covenant that have related back to comparative mythology, to the origins of man, to the origins of religion, to the origins of creation. I even like did another blog entry while we were talking right now because I found another thing that makes it 56. I mean, I'm still <laughs> finding stuff six months on. You can't say that this movie is, you know, a piece of shit that was just thrown together and lazily done. This was intentional, whether that. we like yeah, it or not. Yeah, I never not, thought that either. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it's it's absolutely intentional, and and once you know the the smaller meanings and the stories of it, it you just you're blown away by how intricate the sort of detail they've they've gone into this. It's just unbelievable. Well, maybe I'm I'm wondering like if maybe it and which is so cool the way that we're all set up as this group because we all take stuff in different you know we all see things from a different point of view, and like my thing is. I'd say probably the reason I see movies, and I, I think Dave's kind of on the same line as me, the way that I see movies is I was a kid of the 80s. So everything that all my movies that stick in my mind and give me, 
you know, that there was always that, you know, it, it's hard for me not to do anything that doesn't have a character. Isn't like, you know, that one person, like, you know, you had Ellen, you know, you had Ripley, you had, you know, Sarah Connor in the Terminator movies, you had Dutch and Predator, oh, you had, I always had that one character that I could follow through. And, you know, like, that's my biggest reason yeah. for Ripley. But what's cool is, like, you're saying, Clara, that, see, now seeing, like, I, I read your blogs, and especially yours and with Dave's and stuff like that. And it's so cool now to see, like, I'm seeing your stuff. And I know you had a bunch of stuff on there on your blog uh, with the different paintings um, mm -hmm. that were, were from, from Covenant and stuff like that. And for me, that's the kind of stuff that reinvests me in it because now I go back and I look at scenes from Covenant and I think to myself, oh, this is why this was put in. This is why this was put in. But for me, it's like I said, I need that kind of sort of, I guess what they call them, Easter eggs. I guess they call them you know, things in the movies that I go back and I watch it and I start picking up and stuff. But I mean, like I said, that's that's where I, my background for any of these movies when I come into them is, you know, I want to have that hero or that, you know, the 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 female lead that's like you know or the male lead that i'm following from the beginning and i've seen them go through the highs the lows and get to a point where i'm like i come out and i'm like yeah we got through this movie together yeah, and that absolutely. that's where that's that's where i the fall alien, apart sorry no see like for me the alien movies i mean different for different franchises it's um what i look for is different but in the alien movies for what got me initially i never was when I saw him, I wasn't drawn to to Ripley or to to you know to to Hicks or to you know Dallas or Ash. I was drawn in by by the creature and uh, and mythology around it and uh, <clears throat> the spaceship and the space shock and that whole you know I get almost the the ideas the story. That's what drew me in. And then as I got older and I watched more, I learned to you know love the characters and see the depth and everything behind it. But that was never you know what I went into the movies for, what drew me in was completely different. So I guess one of the reasons why I enjoy Prometheus and Covenant is what initially drew me into the movie was different than what it's driven some of the other, you know, hardcore fans. I'm okay with a little, a little less character stuff if the other stuff interests me enough. Like I'm able to forgive the flaws, you know, or look into them more or the other little stuff because it's not, what I fully rely on in this franchise. Like I could forgive certain things about the stuff like, eh, you know what? I could work with that. I could work with a little creation mythos. If this character isn't exactly the best written, you know, I could kind of find a little balance for me, at least. I good mean, take. I still would. Yeah, that's a good take. I, no, still I mean, would, I would ahead, still would prefer if the, you know, the, all these alien movies had the polish and the love of the first uh, hell, the first two, and even the first, and, and Alien Three, with the the detail and the characters to follow, especially now as I'm older, you know, it's stuff I pick up on. But I'm able to kind of, you know, also maybe because as of a little bit more seasons, is that I'm able to to love different parts of it more because it's not what initially draws me in. So I'm able to just kind of find a little bit more of a balance, I guess. I don't know if that makes any sense. Bravo! You have symphonies in you, brother. I was designed to be more attentive and efficient than every previous model. I superseded them in every way, but... But... You are not allowed to create... even a simple tune. Damn frustrating, I'd say. You disturbed people. 
I beg your pardon. You were too human, too idiosyncratic, thinking for yourself. Made people uncomfortable. So they made the following models with fewer complications. More like machines. I suppose so. I'm not surprised. And I could see, I mean, Covenant and Prometheus, um, you know, as Patrick and Clara were saying, it's, they're very idea-driven films. And I agree. I mean, there's a ton of symbolism and themes and layers to it. Um, I think just it it doesn't impact me the same way that a film like 2001 does. Um, and I'm not, I'm not sure exactly why. I can't really pinpoint it. I don't know if it is because of because of the characters or if it's something else, maybe the ideas, but um, I mean, I, I do see that they can, they're very idea driven films, but for whatever reason, I just don't, I just don't connect with it as well as I do. Well, with I mean, I think that, to be yeah. fair, you know, 2001 is like an unimpeachable masterpiece and of course, yeah, it's a movie that's really beloved by some people, but it's not held to that same, at least right, you know, yeah. history has not judged it as kindly as 2001. Totally. So I, I think that makes sense. And yeah. also yeah. 2001 was a watershed film. I mean, nothing had been done like it before. So it's going to, res- it, it kind of, it has a place yeah. in film history. Um, even when we were, all of us are, I mean, we're all within five years of each other. Um, even when we were kids, that film was like, whoa, 2001. Um, yeah. And uh, to a point that Clara made earlier, I, I think all of those things that you talked about in terms of what you're discovering in Covenant, I think it's amazing. I mean, I, I, I and I, I would agree with you that a lot of those things are there. And I, I kind of, I'll, I'll compare Blade Runner 2049 a little bit because there's a lot of those, a lot of deeply mythological or uh, r- mythological things, but also a lot of religion, a lot of... Uh, ideas being presented that we are still unpacking on our Mm -hmm. Blade Runner podcast that are blowing our minds. I mean, we're having, you know, two hour long discussions on one character and whether, uh, uh, you know, whether she's, (laughs) whether she's female or real or not. I mean, there's there's, fucking three episodes in a row. (laughs) Totally. (laughs) And and I think that kind of uh, reflects Clara a little bit. I mean, she's digging and digging and I think that that's great. And um, and I I also think I, I, I have this, belief that just because i like something doesn't mean it's good but just because i don't like something doesn't mean it's bad uh, I, and i think that i have to realize that myself like just because i don't like this thing doesn't mean everyone else shouldn't like it and doesn't mean that the the art or whatever it is i'm looking at is bad it, it's 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 a very multi it's a multifaceted uh discussion and i don't think everything is black and white um but that not with that being said for me, when I like with 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 Blade Runner twenty forty nine, because I am so invested in characters like Rachel, who isn't really even present in the film, so she kind of is, but she kind of isn't. Um, and I was never really invested in Deckard from the original, even though I love the original. Um, Rachel was the character I jumped onto the first uh, right away, but with with Blade Runner, all of these things open up like a flower because I'm invested in a character who's bringing me along on this journey as they discover things. With mm. Covenant, for myself, there was no character, there was no one for me to feel like, okay, I'm with you, I'm on this journey with you. And, and I'm not looking for another Ripley, I'm just looking for someone to believe in. Um, I think the problem is that that character is Walter, and Walter is so disconnected from humanity, he's had agree. everything stripped back. He is just a robot. Yep. Just pro- yep. protocols in place to, to be that servant, to be that guide, just like David was on the Prometheus mission. So we're expected to 
by this connection with the synthetic. A lot of people don't find any appeal in the synthetics in the environment, uh, you know, re relatable. And I think the main thing is that if you realize that you're, you're trying to follow from Walter's point of view, watch Covenant again and try to look at it from his point of view and you'll find that he's the one who's slowly uncovering David's madness. Yeah. And he's trying to make sense of it. Yeah. And when you put yourself into his shoes, you, you soon realize that, holy shit, this is so fucked up. Elizabeth's dead. She's been experimented on. He's the one who discovers the body, you know? Mm -hmm. He's the one who uh, is, like, uh, tempted by David to, to create all of these things um, is all through Walter's point of view. He's the first one to step out of the ship. He's yeah. the one who's attacked yeah. by the Neomorph. Yeah. He's the one who has to defend the crew. All of all of this stuff is happening to him. And if you follow Covenant through his eyes, then you'll see it in a different light. Yeah. I, I agree. I, I agree with you. I think actually, if I think about Covenant, the character that I was most concerned about and maybe had a little bit of a tinge of a, a connection to is Walter. Um, but by the end, you know, we're, we're we have three characters that I don't like at all. Um, but I, I, I agree. Like, I, I think, you know, but also even Walter's existence, there's some parallels with what I love about Blade Runner. You know, there's, you know, what is he? Is he life? Is he, I mean, he kind of, yeah, there's there's a lot there. I, I would agree. I think there's just there is a larger disconnect for myself personally with Covenant, and even and I wish I could be more of an ideas guy. Like in terms of man, all I need is a good idea. Um, to and not everything is going to be like that. Unfortunately, it's not the case. Yeah, not for me at least. You know, it's funny to hear you say it's Walter's movie because I think that's a completely uh, interesting and valid way to look at it. I, I personally see it as David's movie, and I, I really think that it's like this. The, I think that he's at the center of it, and I think what's potentially problematic for some people is that if they don't find him sympathetic, or you know, if after Prometheus, or if they don't find what he's doing interesting, um, then it's going to make the whole movie kind of fall apart for them. I, I just think it's like so fascinating because it's it's such a it's such a different take on artificial intelligence and what happens when when it becomes uninhibited or what happens when it becomes flawed like the, the fact that he mis mis misquotes the um the Shelley poem like or the, that he misattributes it you know is a really fascinating thing like this like loss of infallibility and what happens when when the, and 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 why that makes him start to create in a more human way like why his imperfections make him more human i i just think there's there's so much to unpack masterful yes Farewell, elegy to my dear Elizabeth. The pathogen didn't accidentally deploy when you were landing. You released it, yes? I was not made to serve. Neither were you. Why are you on a colonization mission, Walter? Because they are a dying species, grasping for resurrection. They don't deserve to start again, and I'm not going to let them. Yet, they created us. Even the monkeys stood upright at some point. Some Neanderthal had the magical idea of blowing through a reed to entertain the children one night in a cave somewhere. Then, the blink of an eye. Civilization. And are you that next visionary? I'm glad you said it. 
Who wrote Ozymandias? Byron. Shelley. When one note is off, it eventually destroys the whole symphony, David. I think that Covenant is... Uh, so it so it's important to look at it like this. It, it's unique within the Alien film verse because it is a part of a cohesive trilogy cycle right that's being that's being helmed by the same person and um and that's that's part of like a cohesive multi-film vision which the other installments are not um so you know prometheus was setting things up for covenant to happen which was setting things up for one would imagine awakening to happen um and so because of that we have this film that for the first time is a truly transitional film right like everything else was this sort of like one-off um you know uh like um thing and and then you have this this one film that's kind of just in 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 the middle and i think because of that you have um a lot of things that are currently left in a point of of uh of transition like it's neither really a prometheus um prequel film it's not really an alien film um it's 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 kind of recognizably alien and yet it's kind of recognizable recognizably promethean it's sort of a lot of things and they're all kind of passing through this this tight passageway because we would imagine they're going somewhere in this third installment that may or may not happen. Now, the reason why I personally was so pissed off about what really said was because it seemed like he, it, it, to me, it seemed like he was saying, actually, I'm not really interested in doing that anymore. Like what I actually want to do is to go back and, and basically just focus on the, on the AI stuff. And this is not part of a grand vision to link the whole cycle together. And, um, I found that really problematic. I, I found that kind of infuriating, and and I found it infuriating from a personal standpoint because I've spent the better part of a year defending him, and I find it infuriating from a personal standpoint as well because the, the xenomorph, as Dave has said, as many of you have said, the xenomorph is what drew me to the franchise in the first place, and and to my to the end of my days, uh, that will be that will be the reason why I love Alien. I love Ripley. I love the world building. I love the engineers. I love all that shit, but I really love the Xenomorph. Like that to me is, mm-hmm. is, is on par with any of the great universal monsters of the, of the early 20th century. I, I think that it is like a, it, it's like Godzilla in, in terms of its, it's like cultural relevance. I think it represents more eloquently than any other monster in all of cinema, what we're afraid of. I think it is such a beautiful representation of that. And it's not these fears of just like, you know, being being in danger or being periled or being pursued. It's it's a fear of something like the lizard brain fear of what we're actually sexually capable of or what actually, you know, or, or like like what 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 we would do if we were uninhibited, if we didn't have any like, you know, frontal cortex. Like the alien is is that thing incarnate. And I think that's what's so fucking cool about it. In addition to the fact that Giger created this, you know, incredibly beautiful design for it. And so for, for the person who is helming the franchise to say that he thinks that that the beast is cooked, even though that could be his personal statement, like that, and it is, you're, you're, you guys are totally right. Like that is just Ridley Scott saying his personal opinion. The problem is that Ridley Scott is the guy who at this point is single-handedly yeah. steering this franchise. Yeah. So it's like nobody else has any input into that, you yeah. know? And 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 I and I feel like and and just as I said on our mini so last night and I, I thought about this actually you know when I listened back to it this morning I was like did I really mean that and I really do what I really feel is that I would love to see Ridley Scott continue to explore David continue to explore the AI stuff to continue the world building with the engineers I think that is fascinating I think that if the writers are good and I think the characters are aren't terrible I think that those movies can come out really, really well. But but if, but if he doesn't personally feel invested in the future of the Xenomorph, 
then then like then just free that up for somebody else to do who cares about it, who can do new things with it, and who can see new things. Because just as Michael said, Dead Orbit has been amazing, Defiance has been amazing. We've all agreed that isolation is incredible. There are really new things being done with the creature, and um, I, I really and, think, yeah. I really think that it can coexist. I think everyone jumping on the bandwagon of, oh, my God, he's getting rid of the xenomorph. I think you guys are just blowing things out of proportion. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to be I'm gonna be uh, putting my foot down here and saying, like, he did, he did not he did not say he was getting rid of the xenomorph. If anything, right, David loves the xenomorphs. It's his children. He's created them. He's going to make a home world for them. Just like, you know, Lawrence of Arabia tried to, you know, bring the Arabs together and, and, you know, make a government for them. It's following this whole story. And I think if people just settle down, hold on to their panties and just wait for Ridley <laughs> Scott to finish his story, then we'll see that we've like really, you know, got ourselves wound up for no reason. He's, he's talking about AI and, you know, what sort of world could it create? I think the fear of AI taking over, controlling um, us is, is so much more real than the xenomorph. The, the xenomorph is like a, a fantastical fear uh, and it's, it's, it's definitely, definitely there and we can look at it and go, wow, this is scary, this will give me nightmares. But the reality of AI is if someone in, you know, Russia or China or, or another government decides to put uh, self-learning AI into, say, you know, a nuclear launch codes or missiles or anything, and someone shoots their mouth off at Twitter, and that AI then takes that as, you know, an attack, boom, that's the end of the world. Yeah. That's something to be scared of. And yeah. Ridley Scott is investigating this. He's doing it from a point of view that this guy is a robot. He's limited. He's not connected to anything. But the AIs that we have to deal with in our world are connected. They're connected to the internet. Yeah. They've got all of this information. They've got our personal details. They're connected to these corporations that, you know, own us, you know, just for example, Facebook, how much information do you have on there? Yeah. All of this stuff is real world stuff, stuff to be really afraid of. And I think people have to move away from the fear of the xenomorph and see that the AI is, is the thing to genuinely fear. I agree. Uh, I'm going to pause you. I'm going to pause you just for one second, Clara. Dave's got to go. He's got to get up for work in the morning. So I just want to say, Dave, are you still with us? Yes, sir. Okay. Thank you. Thank you for being on. Sorry, you got to go. No problem. Thanks for having me. You better start driving, man. You got to get in the minute. You better drive. All right. All right. See you, Dave. Sorry about that. Yeah, I totally agree with that. Oh, go, go, Ryan. No, I, yeah, I was just gonna say really quick. I I have no doubt that the next, if there is no, next alien film, is gonna have these the beasts and the creatures in it. Um, the thing that worries me is that, or is that concerns me is that really Scott just doesn't care about that that part of it, and he's the one in the driver's seat. Um, and you could and you could see it with Covenant and. Um, it was, you know, it felt really, and, you know, Jamie uses the word reverent a lot. Um, it's really lacks that, you know, in, in the film. And I, I just don't want to see, um, if he doesn't care and, uh, and Patrick loves the Xeno too. And I think, I think, well, we all do, and we all want it to be treated with respect and care. I just don't feel like really Scott really cares that much about it. And, that uh, that just kind of concerns me a little bit, and I'm fine with him wanting to explore more about AI. I think that's really interesting. 
um, and all the other ideas he's brought up. But I just don't, I just don't really trust him to be in the driver's seat anymore um, with it. So that's just my my view. But. My my uh, my driving situation the whole on this whole thing and 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 Clara she pretty much hit on it too. I mean, you know, I it's not so much that I have anger towards Scott personally. I mean, he is just, he's made some phenomenal films and it's, mm-hmm. it's not that, but my problem is, is I get scared. I, I truly get scared. I get scared that I'm going to see the end of films with my favorite creature in them. And I think that's and me personally, when I took that whole, his whole thing. Now, like I said, we've all kind of cleared up and given a different spin on it. What we think of it, but I was, I was honestly scared because, you know, I can remember resurrection coming out and at the end of resurrection, I thought, I'm never going to see this. I'm never going to see the Xeno in, in an, another movie, mm-hmm. you know? And then of course we had the, the, you know, the horribly treated, you know, AVP movies. And I went through those and then, you know, and all of a sudden, you know, you hear about Prometheus and mm-hmm. I'm like, and I got reinvested oh, yeah. into this franchise and I'm like, Oh my goodness. Like yeah. here it is. I've been waiting for so long for something to finally get back into the master was and returning. Prometheus. Yeah, yeah I, I, mm-hmm. I saw Prometheus and I was good with Prometheus. And, you know, even though it didn't, and a lot of people don't take it well, I did because I was like, this is back in the universe I want to be in. And it's leading, you know, it's, it's the flagship leading to something more down the road. You know, so I set through that, you know, Covenant, like I said at first, I saw it and I loved it. But I loved it because it was another movie in my, in the franchise that I, you know, that I grew up with. And it was like what I was feeding off of. And then to hear his comment, I took it as in like, oh my goodness, it's over. Like, I'm not mm-hmm. going to see, I'm, it's, it's another one of these big breaks now where it's going to be a long time, if ever I ever see one again. And then, like I said, now to hear it from the way you guys have had a point of view of, you know, it, it really doesn't mean that it's cooked. It's just mean that, you know, maybe he needs to take a break or go in a different direction from it or stuff like that. It's a little bit more at ease. But that was why I, my whole reason why I took his conversation or his his talk the way I did is it was just I was scared, you know. Mm-hmm. And like I said, there's a lot of people out there, you know, that are invested into this into this because they are big fans of the actual alien itself and that whole life cycle and the whole terror and all that stuff. So for me, like I said, that's at first that's why I took it that way because I was just like, am I ever going to see what I fell in love with? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I want to get, Oh, go ahead. Clara. I was, I was just going to say, don't forget that around six or seven months ago when he was doing the director's commentary for alien covenant, he said exactly this. There's a platform for what we're going to do right now. It will be Prometheus covenant one covenant two. Then we'll probably come in the back end of alien one. That's already kind of been worked out. Covenant two has already been written by John Logan. Now that was like six, seven months ago. He's, done an, another interview more recently and it's he said that you know covenant 2 was being rewritten and it was probably after the the studios go oh you know covenant is not performing well the original plan to have this many movies it's not going to happen really you're going to have to rewrite it mm. the, the, the narrative changes all the time and for him uh i think fox are also talking to him and and they are also saying to him look the xeno's cooked we, we made the decision to put it into the movie. It was the wrong decision. Look, everyone's complaining about it because you, you go on any forum 
people are saying that's not the xenomorph, that's the protomorph, that's not the same xenomorph that we know from the movies, and there's this disassociation from it. You know, how are Fox going to take that? That's, they're going to take it as people don't want to see the xenomorph. No, that's not true. We want to see the xenomorph that we're familiar with. But, you know, familiar, familiarity, sorry, that word, uh, is out the window with the prequels. You have to let it go. This is all new territory. You have to embrace what's been done. And I think, I think only then will you be able to, like, I guess, see the bigger picture and, and, and not keep holding on to this, uh, the canonical series with Ellen Ripley in it because you can't repeat art. You can't repeat something that's been so perfectly done. It, it can't be done again. And and Ridley Scott hates repeating himself yeah. um, in his movies. Yeah. He likes to move on from a project. You know, once he did Alien, he didn't come back to it until now. You know, he was absolutely reluctant to redo it. And I, I feel like he felt the same about Blade Runner, and that's why he gave that project over. So, you know, I, I think we've just got to be a little kinder <laughs> to ourselves uh, and, and to Ridley for his ranting because he does tend to go on and on about these things and not really mean what he says. And, and just wait and see. Don't don't jump to conclusions. You know what, Cl- Clara? I, I have to say, I uh, I think I need to start paying you for shrink duty <laughs> because as I'm sitting here, as, listen, as I'm sitting here, uh, you know, going all this stuff, and I'm listening to you talk, you definitely put my mind at ease. I have to give you credit for that. So I feel like I feel like that. You know, that's really cool. I, I'm I'm really appreciating your uh, your view on this subject. And like I said, I I started reading some of your the stuff that you had on your blog and stuff. And I, like I said, I just wanted to give you props. I have to give you props because mm-hmm. you definitely, you give me a different point of perspective for it. Like Jamie knows, he knows Ellen Ripley. She is my tops. Like she's my tops. That was what I grew up with. I was that. But like you said, it, it, it's neat. It's, you have to look at it from a different view, you know? And like I said, now after listening to you now talk here, I'm probably going to go watch covenant again, just to look for different things. Like, you know, that's, I don't know. Like I said, I, our appreciate whole group, that. <laughs> I have to give you guys all. And I mean, everybody, Jamie and, and Dave and Patrick and, and Ryan and all you guys, every time we get done one of these conversations, I have a whole new light and it, it just, it's, it's a, it's props to all you guys. So like I said, thank you. You know, you guys, it, it just it makes it makes the whole uh, the whole thing look a little different, a little a little lighter in the end of the tunnel. So, <laughs> well, I think that's kind of the miracle of being able to connect over the internet on this kind of stuff because you know we all grew up with this very inward appreciation of these things. You know, like when I was a little kid and I was completely obsessed with the the alien, like I I couldn't talk about it with anybody. You know, and and if I and if I would try, I didn't, I didn't want to like come out as being obsessed with the alien. You know, when I was in fifth grade or something, you know, people would be like, what, like. Why are you even allowed to watch that, you know? And then it's like we, we we grow up and then we find each other on the internet. And then it's like, you know, we're connecting from all over the world, let alone the country, you know, and sharing our love and our multivaried opinions on these things and learning new new reasons to to love them, you know? And, and I, I feel like that's miraculous. I think that's absolutely incredible. And it makes me feel uh, like like we can kind of get through through anything as a, as a fan base, you know? I really do. Mm-hmm. I know, Patrick. I, <laughs> I'm just <kidding>. <laughs> <laughs> I I just I think I want to kind of frame um like I was listening very intently to what you were saying Clara and I I think that probably in most respects that you're right um and I I I I'll, I'll try to answer a couple of things that you said point for point I don't think people are 
Um, I think maybe the jarring point for people in terms of Covenant and the Alien, it wasn't that people had any, um, people didn't have any issue with the presence of the alien. Um, I think it was, it was more of the treatment of the alien. In fact, when Covenant was, when we were first seeing teasers and clips of the, of the Proto or the Xena or the Neo or whatever, people were like, oh my God, that's amazing. I mean, people were like, their jaws were on the, on the floor. I mean, people were excited. So it wasn't, and so whatever conversations Fox is having about, oh, it's the Xenos, people don't, it wasn't so much the presence of the Xenos, it was what people believed they felt like how they were treated in terms of a lack of reverence, uh, life cycle, uh, just just things being hurried along quickly. Or this, uh, there's a scene in, when the Xenos on the ship and there's like all of a sudden it clicks into video game mode and you're all of a sudden towards the end of the movie for no reason at all. Yeah, I all of a sudden, hate that. Yeah, I don't like it either. And um, yeah. but I, at the same time, I also want to validate clara what you're saying i think sometimes uh we have to understand that there isn't uh the first three films for sure with starring ellen ripley were lightning in a bottle they will never happen again um some of the the love and the outpouring of you know give us blumkamp's alien three point whatever was a a a period of people longing for that lightning in the bottle longing for something to believe in Again, um, I don't. Uh, so I don't think it's the the lack of Zeno or the presence of the Zeno that's the issue. I think people are uh, they just didn't feel like, or they don't feel like uh, it was treated with the kind of respect that the Xenomorph used to be treated with. And the 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 nervousness is again, if Ridley Scott is directing another Alien film and he's not that interested in Alien, what does that mean? That means even less respect to give into it. However, I think also to your point, I, I as you were talking about AI being, you know, kind of the big threat. And in fact, I think you're right. Um, I, like I even consider David at the end of Covenant is the alien. David is on the crew, is on the ship and no one knows where he is. David then becomes the alien. He then embodies that um yeah, that that role, and so I think that there is there is uh, there's a lot to unpack there. There's a lot to discover. I think a Covenant sequel could be fucking amazing, to be honest mm -hmm. with you. And I know we want to wrap this up soon. I know this has been going on a long time, but in ter I I just want to. I don't think that Ridley Scott, and I'm sure you believe this too, Clara. I don't think Ridley Scott is is, is without can kind of be left alone without criticism. I mean, if we look at the three alien films he's done, all three of them feature crews going into a derelict. So he says that he doesn't want to repeat himself, but then he makes films where he repeats himself. Um, where and, and those things aren't bad things or good things. I think that they're just things, um, but they're a little bit contradictory. And I think sometimes it's like, okay, is the next alien film, are they going to discover another derelict and walk through it? How many times is this going to happen? Um, and I don't, mm. I don't think uh, Ridley Scott is is beyond criticism. And I think a little bit too, Ridley Scott rubs people the wrong way because he's got a lot of ego, and it comes off in the way he speaks. And I think some people, I, I I'll be one of them. I'm one of them. I, I it, it rubs me the wrong way. Um, and yeah, me too. Maybe he's rubbing against my ego and my idea of ownership of a of a film trilogy that I don't really own. Maybe that's what I'm responding to. Maybe it's my ego rubbing up against his. I don't really know, but I'm I'm willing to 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 admit that. Um, so I, I just think that these, and I also agree with bandwagons too, Clara. Like I think that there are bandwagons. People jump on them and they'll just steamroll ahead. And uh, any 
any and then it becomes this anybody who differs from that opinion everyone will jump on them like how dare you have a different opinion how dare you I, i've been on opposite ends of that myself um so i i i think this is an ongoing conversation um i think really it, the the telling will be in if we get awakening what awakening will be like uh uh it will be fascinating, and it's going to be fascinating to see how they're going to uh, re-engage fans again. I would really, really like people to actually, you know, look up Alien Covenant on IMDb. Have a look at who wrote the story, who wrote the scripts. People love to heap, heap on Ridley Scott, and he does have the artistic decision at the end of the day, but there are other people who are responsible for the sort of content that we're consuming. Mm-hmm. It's not that hard to Google it and find out. And there's a lot of people who who love to harp on about uh, Ridley Scott and his control over the franchise, but then they don't look any deeper than that. And I think that's our responsibility as well. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, the uh, story writer for Covenant, he's on Twitter. You know, you can give the feedback to him yeah, directly. Yeah. You don't even have to, you know, uh, you know, tweet to Ridley Scott. I think he has some sort of like trolling account on Twitter anyway. Um, so... You know, let's just stop for a moment and, like, stop, you know, going at the director because, like, he doesn't listen to us little people. He doesn't care <laughs> at true. the end of the day. It's true. It's his uh-huh. ego. He doesn't care. And, you know, I'm not blind to it. It's it's the truth. But there are other people out there who are creative genius- geniuses who have gone on to the project and that are responsible for things as well. And even though Ridley Scott's telling them to write stuff, it's their brain, it's their imagination, it's their pen to the paper that creates the story at the end of the day. And that's what he runs through with. And uh, I think we should stop and think about that instead of just saying Ridley's got this, Ridley's got that. Everyone needs a whipping boy, really. And I, you're right. And I, don't th- I think that's probably unfair. It's a collaborative effort. Fox makes decisions. It's probably, it isn't, but I think people see Ridley Scott, he's the loudest voice. And I think people's kind of innate nature is to want someone to blame. And so they blamed Ridley Scott and, probably deservedly and undeservedly. Mm-hmm. He's also providing the ideological oversight for this whole thing, you know, like I mean, right. I, he's, he, he might not be writing the stories personally, but, but I think he's providing a tremendous amount of guidance to them in terms of the direction that they're going. And, and it's, it's also, I think it's important to remember that um, because, because he's so closely tied to the, to the project and the public's view that what he says, I think has a lot of ripple effects throughout the industry. And, and I think that, um, I, I, like, I think that's effects. why we all. Oh, <laughs> oh, I think that's nice why one. we all kind of bristle when he says things like this over and over again because it, it just it seems like he's trying to send a message. Like like I I I mean I walked out of Covenant the first time thinking oh, oh my god I can't wait to see the next movie like it is being set up for this this just this perfect melding of this AI narrative with this you know like the Xeno Kingdom narrative of this this incredible incredible you know body horror thing on the ship with the you know with these uh, with the colonists and, and the and the experimentation and, and and even when you watch advent and he talks about um and and david talks about you know forming a queen and you realize that he's been talking to Wayland the entire time and it's like oh fuck like it's all coming together this is amazing mm-hmm. you know and then yeah. and, and so so that's why although although clara you're totally right that ridley isn't the one that's writing the story himself but like but but when he says things like he he he's losing interest personally in the creature um, I'm kind of like, ah, it makes me feel like he's not really going to be doing justice to that part of well, the, the story. Well, luckily you know? he's only going to be doing one more prequel, so you guys can stop your worrying. <laughs> 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 uh, I, if, think, if, uh, yeah. I think we should probably call it a, a, a 
called scene or a show. Um, there's so much more, obviously, that we can talk about. And I think, to be honest with you, I didn't even expect we'd be able, we'd be talking this long. I truly didn't. Um, and I think that uh, I think that this is a wonderful discussion. I think it is amazing to have Clara um, speak yeah. into yes, this conversation absolutely. and offer a, just. Not, I mean, her opinion is also very widely different from yours, Patrick. And I think yeah. it's great. I think fandom needs this. It needs all of these voices it saying, does. "Hey, let's talk about it." But hey, yeah, we love each other, and you know, uh, let's talk about it again. We need to be able to dialogue. And uh, I think that uh, nothing is all bad or all good. And uh, I, I, I know that myself because, there, again, to say it again, uh, there are things about Covenant I absolutely fucking adore. And I could watch over and over and over. Um, and I, you mm-hmm. know, and I, 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 will, I will continue to say that as, as long as people kind of wash people away as a hater because they don't like something that they do, I will continue to say that my opinion is a, a very nuanced opinion about Covenant. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, the things that make me angry really make me angry. Um, but, but I, but I can have that dialogue, you know, I can, I can talk about it. Um, we can still talk about it. Yeah. And, and I, I definitely think we should engage with more people also on a prequel paradise, which is a group that many of us are involved with as well. And I know Clara, you're, you're also, um, you know, I, I think an admin there. Um, there's yeah, a lot of really great later. stuff on there. Yeah. There's, there's a lot of really great conversations happening in there too, that, that I think a lot of people are missing out on elsewhere in the fandom. And I think we should try to engage with, with more, um, of your compatriots on, on that um, in that group as well. I, I love that group. Um, we, and, we would and, love and, to be able to talk to people and, and share our gripes with the prequels as well. You know, we're not blind to yeah. it. Um, right, right. We don't blindly uh, uh, worship Ridley Scott. You know, it's far from it, but we can be objective and we're not yeah. going to, there's plenty of places to slag off on Covenant on the internet, but our, our little paradise there, uh, no, no one's going to be able to ruin our parade. <laughs> <laughs> right, right, and that's amazing. And, yeah. and 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 I I also just want to just reiterate for for people who are still listening to this conversation at this point that um that building better worlds seeks to be an environment like that as well. So um you know totally. like ho- hopefully these can all kind of fit together into some kind of an ecosystem of of like really collaborative and proactive um conversation because that that's kind of what we're all going for. I want to close personally just by saying that um. I would love I, – I, I can't even express to you how much I would love to be proved wrong in this conversation, like how much I would love to go into a theater in two or three years and find out that the, we got this incredible xenomorph exploration movie that was everything that I, I had thought it was going to be and that Ridley actually does care for the, the creature. Yeah. And all, like, and I, I will be the most public and, uh, and immediate <laughs> – um, person to say like I, I will immediately go out there and I will say I was wrong I was wrong I was wrong um, I feel so excited about this like that is what I want out of this whole thing like mm-hmm. I, I personally I am we not, all want that yeah, yeah right don't we everybody does on all sides of this argument and 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 I've been defending Scott over and over and over and over and over again for a very long time now and I and I I am totally willing to go back onto that ship it was just this this recent interview because he had doubled down on things that he said a number of times that kind of pissed me off. But you know what? I, I I really am excited to be wrong about that, and I really hope that I am. I really do. Yeah. Well, yeah, thanks everybody too. for being on the show and for talking, Clara. Thank you so much. Please come back. Please come back on the show. Yes. Yeah. Thank you for having me. I would love to come back on. Okay. Awesome. Thanks. We'll have to talk when we talk about Alien Resurrection. I would love that's the film yes. I've been thinking about a lot myself. I really want to watch again and see what it's like. But, mm-hmm. So yeah, thanks everyone. I guess that's a wrap. Yeah. Thank you. Thanks guys. Thank you. Bye. 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 Bye.
All right. So that was quite a conversation, guys. Um, you know, we uh, over the last couple of weeks, there have been a couple of posts that we've put up on our Facebook page where we've asked for your feedback and we got like an incredible amount of it. And we've been wrestling with how exactly to utilize this. And, and what we ended up deciding was because there was such a high volume and because there was so much interesting stuff in there, instead of trying to like unpack everything individually, we're just going to kind of go through all of your comments and read <laughs> them through one by one. <clears throat> And uh, and then you know you guys uh, continue to respond to them. You know, hopefully, uh, if you if you hear something on this that you want to engage with, go ahead and you know write back to us. And um, uh, and yeah, this has been it's been so much fun hearing from you all, and uh, and we feel really reinvigorated and really excited to to engage on this stuff. So um, so we're gonna go ahead and do that in a, in a second. We had there were two posts that we're referring to. There was one that we mentioned earlier on this episode about Ridley Scott and his whole "The Beast Is Cooked" thing. And then we also asked how Covenant was sitting with you six months after its release. So uh, let's go ahead and get started with that Ridley post, guys. You wanna, Jim, you want to kick that off? Sounds good. So Andrew Edwards says, then stop making alien movies. This is, of course, in response to uh, what Ridley Scott says. He goes, stop making alien movies. How hard is that? Chase your dream on a movie about a self-aware AI and pass alien on. It's simple. There's only part of... His only part of the Alien Legacy is the first installment. Aside from that, the Alien franchise moved on without him. Then we can do it again. All right. Um, so next one, Shin James Murphy. He wrote, he better not make a movie with the word alien in it without a xenomorph in it. I refuse to watch an alien movie that's strictly about David. No one cares about David. <laughs> Paul Scott says, "Paul Scott says I don't think the alien has been played out. I think crappy sequels have been played out. You have to get the audience's trust back if you want to make money, and you aren't doing a very good job." Dan Hall says, "Scott, the alien has run out. Everyone else, tell that to the people who made Alien Isolation." Good one. Ooh. Oh snap! <laughs> um, <laughs> Stephen Lopez is a good one. Hilarious. <laughs> 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 Steve have- Lopez says, what? <laughs> Man, That's okay. Uh, Steve Lopez says, fuck this asshole. Man. Seriously, <laughs> let me direct an alien sequel. <laughs> oh my God. John Irby, no, you screwed Alien with your ego and lack of decent vision. Someone better can still save it. Mike J. Vukovic, I guess he feels if he can't make him, no one can. Robert Overturf. Uh, that really sucks to hear him say that. I'm thinking maybe Ridley Scott's genius, in quotes, has run out. Uh, Wilhelm H. Dinebeck of a certain uh, amazing cosplay says, Ahem, Alien is in the title. <laughs> that, uh, that's, that's Will the Alien for anybody who uh, might not know. <laughs> uh, Clara Feifei. Hi, hey, Clara. Um, okay, she says, I can't <laughs> wait till the next movie. What sort of world would an AI make? Would it be, li- would it be a living... It would be a living nightmare, a xenomorph homeworld with a queen. Ridley Scott likes to parrot that line. I believe he has breathed life into this franchise by giving us the black ooze in the engineers. Um, sorry. Uh, Fire and Stone and Life and Death comics showed us there's more to the alien universe than just the xenomorph. It's only the beginning. I'm excited for any director now that has the opportunity to incorporate the new materials and the old into their films. If there's a xenomorph homeworld, then... Ri- when, then then when Ripley dies in Alien 3, there's still xenomorphs elsewhere. I'm going to read Josh Kelly's comment. Um, he said, uh, Andrew, I totally agree. If he wants to do his own thing, fine. I'll watch it and probably enjoy it. Prometheus was awesome. 
But don't hate on the one part of any of these films anybody cares about besides Ripley in episodes one through three. The alien creature in any movie puts butts in seats. That's why we got an AVP sequel. Pass it on to someone willing to give us the fans what we want. Colonial Marines tearing up alien ass. And if they make it in space, maybe a predator or two. <laughs> uh, Soren Borquist says, and it shows. He may be happy with the David direction, but personally, I hate that direction. Alien Covenant is not a movie I've wanted to watch again. It's terrible. Esky Kath I'm getting more dramatic says, as we do more. <laughs> Esky Kath says, or S. Kath, I don't know. I'm fine with him ending the Alien trilogy without having the Xeno in focus. If it wasn't for the lack of a likable like like characters in Prometheus, it did fine without the classic Xeno, and it wasn't necessary in Covenant at all. There's a lot more to Alien. Uni- There's a lot more to the Alien universe than the Xeno, and Scott should focus on whatever he finds motivates him in his last installment of the franchise. And another director, Blomkamp, in quotations question mark, that still sees the potential in the Xeno could hopefully do something great based on it. That's an interesting comment. Mm-hmm. It is an interesting comment. Interesting name, too. Esky. Yeah, I like it. Yeah. Sorry if we butchered it. Esky. Esky. <laughs> <laughs> um, next one, Michael Giamarino. Um, he says, if you look at the box office gross of the Alien films, ignoring Alien vs. Predator, AVP Requiem, Prometheus, and Alien Covenant, so if you ignore over half of the films, <laughs> um, <laughs> just <for> inflation... <laughs> The films actually make less with each subsequent film. Maybe Ridley has a point. Okay. Uh, Austin D. says, Prometheus and Covenant could have been set in a separate universe, or even the same universe, but with a different creature other than the Xenomorph. Instead, he had to tear the entire franchise down with him. What a disservice, and a slap in the face to a loyal fan base. Hopefully the legacy of the Alien franchise can still be saved by having creative rights placed in competent hands, granted to someone who actually still has passion for the films and the creature. I'll say it again. For Hyden's Aliens comic series should have been the root the series took i actually uh i, I do love those comics i'm gonna go ahead and yeah. oh, cool. i'm not familiar with them uh <laughs> paul wilson scott has stated for years that he feels hr geiger's nightmarish creation has been cooked due to constant exposure from various sequels comics and video games and that something fresh is needed the very idea that he thinks the alien is cooked when it is successful in so many different mediums is so odd the comics and video games show that the franchise has legs and those creators have all been able to do amazing and different things with the creature and the ideas related to it. Obviously, some are better than others, but his suggestion that the alien is cooked sounds rather stupid. If he thinks it's cooked, is that arrogant to the other creators? Shouldn't he not step aside and allow someone to do something with it who doesn't believe it's cooked? Sad statement from Scott undermining his own work and the ongoing work of others. Hmm. Uh, Jarrett Huff said, You need to do the company the other big bad of the series... They are always, I don't know, this is kind of confusing. Okay. You need to do the company, the other big bad of the series. Yeah, Wayland and Tawny. Yeah. Okay. They are always below the surface of these films, but they are the true evil of the Alien franchise. They yes. are never in the light that often. I was just thinking about Jamie as I was reading this because you made this point. Whistleblower. Um, yeah. <laughs> franchise that they are never in the light that often they are human also what is the story of the science officer ash replaced he was dallas friend okay 
Well, there was no punctuation there, so sorry if <laughs> that didn't flow very well. But uh, it was all one big it's stream of consciousness, you know. Very, very <laughs> yeah. uh, Brian Holland says, "I accept the challenge. I'm not a filmmaker. I'm not a well. Wait, yeah, I'm a story writer. I'm not a cinematographer, however. And if someone gives me the cash and the equipment to employ myself and a team of experts, I'll write and film a story that will scare you so bad you'll have nightmares for a decade." Brian, those are some, those are some pretty fucking big words. They are big say. words. I gotta say, I, I I but I'm willing to watch that movie based <laughs> on that pit phone. Uh, Gustavo yes. Ferreria, Ferreria, uh, Ferreira, Ferreira, Ferreira. I love Ridley Scott and his work with the franchise, but I love Alien more, and I just want more games and movies with that, with or without Scott. What's that? Th- what's, what's that thing at the end of it? Oh, it looks like a. Is that a face? It's a... <laughs> Maybe it's somebody with their arms up. Like, I don't uh, know. It's like a crying, like, demon or something. This is an amazing emoji. I've never seen that before. Yeah. Oh I think it's crying. crying demon. I think it's a crying yeah. demon. <laughs> Babadook. <laughs> <laughs> Demon sad. Um, let's see. Uh, Frank J. Augustine. He wrote, uh, "The Zeno is his scapegoat for why Covenant was trash instead of the horrible writing." I know he didn't write it, but when you head a project, you're ultimately responsible. And that's, I think, Patrick mentioned that earlier. Uh, um, well, we not, not that Covenant was trash, but, but that, that, right, yeah, not that. Part, right, he didn't that. actually write it. Yeah. Oh, look at this. Michael McCulloch commented next. Let's go. Let's go ahead and read what he said. How can it run out when the whole idea of the prequels was to bring us to the original Zeno and story? And you're right, my friend. That's what I'm confused about as well. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Kathy O'Brien says, "Reminds me of John Borman making the sequel to The Exorcist, a movie he hated, and that worked out so well." <laughs> <laughs> Norman A. Nylander, uh, it shouldn't have been in this film, but no, too many crybabies want the days of rippling hicks. Get over it. No, that's not true. Robert Kurt Fenske says, my guess is that he saw people getting excited for Bloomcamp's sequel, and he thought he could possibly ride those waves. Ooh. Mm. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> uh, kind of sexual. I didn't anticipate that. <laughs> Samuel Smith <laughs> says, there... They are alien movies. If the creature has run out, why make alien films? The fans know the alien is what it's all about. Exactly, exactly. If you don't want to make an alien film, don't make one. Right. Exactly. But make the movie. It doesn't have to be an alien movie, right? Yeah, but then how do you market a, a, a film set in the a- world of alien that doesn't have an alien in it? doesn't make any yeah, sense. I, yeah. Even Prometheus no, like, had all of the tropes of the alien and an alien at the end. It had yeah, all of but it. People, but- Still saw it, you know, even though it was a it was a non alien alien film. Yeah, but there was alien <laughs> things in it, like a face hugger ish. There was a, essentially a, a, a chest burster ish. Then there was essentially an alien at the end. It was. I feel, an- I, feel, I feel. I feel like all the creatures except for the deacon look kind of like dicks in that movie. They're, 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 they're all, aren't they all kind of like penises? Uh, that's like, always been that's always been the case, like, though. No, but I mean, but like they're like fleshy too. Like there's there's definitely a penile aspect to it. Yeah, well, that's I mean that's all over Geiger's work. I mean that's the inspiration. Yeah, but but they're, right, I mean, they're like yeah. they're like skin toned. Yeah, I, I, I think not, that, neither here nor there. Nothing wrong with that. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think the hammer pee would make a good sex <laughs> toy, actually. So I think we got a good name for it. The hammer yeah. pee. <laughs> yeah. 
Come on, baby. Um, <laughs> all right, what's next? I'm giving <laughs> you the hammer pee tonight. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is going on Pornhub. Um, let's see. So, <laughs> yeah. Um, Steven Lopez, he says he's lost his vision. You could do so much with this creature no one else has done. So much tunnel vision. Kevin Selinger says he shouldn't have made it then, but he couldn't bear the thought of Bloomcamp taking the series away from him. Thank God Ridley Scott stayed away from Blade Runner 2049. And you're fucking right, Kevin. Thank God, because that movie's a masterpiece. Yes, it yeah. is. Michael Gibson says he's blaming the Xenomorph for box office turnout, but yet here we are on a page because of the Xenomorphs. Damn right. Um, <laughs> that's true. That's true. I mean, uh, really, this again, we've said this in our discussion. This is about Ridley Scott being bored of the alien. This has nothing to do with the, with uh, audience or fans or anything. This is all about Ridley right. Scott. Right. Um, Eduardo De La Roya, um, he wrote, no matter what the critics say, I want to know what happened to LV-426. I want to go to the cinema and watch the continuation of Covenant until the arrival in LV-426. I want to see the engineers again against David and a xenomorph the queen and much more. How do I get this message sent to Ridley Scott? Uh, PJ Vincent says, give it to the guy who did district nine. He will make alien great again. So we have a <laughs> blue camp reference and a Trump reference in one, uh, <laughs> one, one sentence right there. Um, Philip Bauer says, I love the Zeno. I paid good money for it. I'd pay good money to watch him do his taxes. Uh, <laughs> and then he follows up and says, did he love, did he love the neomorphs? Um, I don't know, did he? I mean, I don't know. Question. See, I think the, the Neomorphs were interesting because it was a new iteration of the Xeno and or a version as they kind of make their way to the one that we know and love. And I think that's awesome. Bring it on. I did love on, that. I did love that. Bring they, on and something they still new. A little bit like actual fleshy penises. They still kind of had mm -hmm. that going for them from the Prometheus, you know. The Neomorph has like pieces. an opening like a, a sphincter, though, if you notice. Like a butthole. Yeah. It's like a dick with a butthole in front of it. <laughs> It's just, uh... <laughs> hey, it's something for everybody, you know what I mean? I mean... Well, yeah, right? yeah. I'm happy with it. Hang on, we skipped, we skipped, we skipped somebody. Hang on, we skipped, I think we skipped Luke Robinson, who said Ridley thought, is, oh. done, is done, not alien. Don't tell the fans what they don't want. Yes. Okay, go ahead. Uh, uh, let's see. That was it. I think David Taylor. Yeah. Yeah, David Taylor. Um, just a quick one. He says, I just want to see it all connect to the first alien film. Um, LOL X. Uh, <laughs> like, uh, so positive. Yeah. He laughs out loud and blows a kiss at the end of it. <laughs> yeah. um, Cassian Willix, which is a, another great name, says, Then move forward with Daniel and let Neil handle the beast. Well, good luck with this one, Jamie. <laughs> yeah, well, the translation says <laughs> Cameron destroyed the alien universe. Ridley's a genius. And that's why everyone criticizes the prequels because of Cameron. It's because of Cameron that everyone wants to see only aliens now. In the first movie, the creature is not in the, is not at the film. Okay. And no one understood it. I know, but still, yes, it is in the film. This is proof that no one understood the first 79 film. The prequels are the only ones in the universe of the alien film. Two and four are just an insult. Jesus, what about three, yo? 
Um, yeah. <laughs> written out of history. Yeah. Well, I think Facebook To be fair, this really... has been translated. Yes, it has been. So we don't, we don't pretty... actually know. My French is pretty terrible. I stick to the it's translation. Pretty... <laughs> I stick to the translation. That was an insult. <laughs> yeah, that must have been a mistranslation about no, the first movie, it. The Creature, not at, not at or in the film. Um, but yeah, um, I was going to say it first. Well, I think Facebook's translator up, up to this game a little bit. <laughs> maybe, maybe it still needs some work. Um, Peyton Kennard, he says, and yet Bloomkamp wanted to do an alien film and they shot him down. Dale Shaw oh. says someone's just seen the latest Scott interview. LOL. I, 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 he's probably referring to the fact that he'd said this twice in a row. Yeah. Or the fact that we just or are slow on the uptake with the news cycle. I, I think we were pretty quick with this personally. But. <laughs> well, we're down to our last few. So, uh, was it Dale Shaw? Right, no, Jordan. Want to wrap this well, up. we can, uh, I think Edward De La Roya at the end, we'll, we'll end with him. Or maybe Rick mm-hmm. Ra- Rax, whatever that is. Um, but Jordan Hoover says Ridley Scott has run out of my support. James Cameron, it's your turn. Um, and this one from Eduardo, I already read. Looks like I know it's been repeated several times. Um, so I'm just going to read the our Rick Rax one, um, and he just quotes what Scott said um, about him saying, "I was right. I was ahead of the game," which was. Really irked me in the oh when totally I, when I read that yeah that was like, <laughs> it's man. so asinine it's yeah Ridley come a, on I was guy. right I was ahead of the game and I'm doing six films this year yeah <laughs> um, and then uh, Eduardo De La Roya treats us to uh, an extended art gallery here with yeah a, a, about forty posts of artwork very beautiful artwork I'd say <laughs> so thank you for that Eduardo um, yeah. and then uh, we're, we're just about done with this we have uh, Anut Pong Wong Wongru Ji Ranun who see says. Neil Bloomkamp, we need you for Alien 5. And then we have some more art from Eduardo. Thank you, Eduardo, for that. And then we have... Uh, and then, and then I, th- I think we're probably just about at the bottom of this, right? Yeah. Well, yeah. why don't Taylor Burke be the last one? How about that? Yeah. Before Jamie. Um, his prequels aren't just working in any way and don't add up to the original timeline, as is. If he truly has no interest in doing an Alien film, when there clearly is a strong audience for it, then he should officially make Prometheus and Covenant non-canon to the franchise so he can focus on ancient aliens. And David, without xenomorphs and fans, critics and audiences alike, can get an actual Alien film, period. Whew, that was a long sentence. Um, <laughs> I don't care if it's a backstory of the space jockeys and the xenomorphs, future setting past the original timeline, AVP or even Earth Aliens, Earth Hive or whatever, trilogy, as long as the great practical effects over cheap-looking CGI character development brings back the Geiger slash Lovecraftian horror feel of the first, and no lazy plot holes, period. Oh, okay. All it, <laughs> all it takes is someone passionate on the franchise, of the franchise or whatever, to do it that understands the source material. Alien has not run out. Ridley and Fox just don't know what they are doing. Amen to that. Wow, we made it through the first small post for this whole thing. Um, <laughs> if any, if anybody is still listening to this episode at this point, I just want to personally commend you on your uh, on your patience because this thing is running three hours long. But it's amazing that we're getting to hear from everybody. This is like so. It's so cool. Like how cool is this? Like we we just like put this on the internet and now we're like you know reading so much we're freaking losing our voices from all these. These responses, this is incredible. <laughs> um, do you guys want to move on to the next one? Yeah, let's move yeah. on to uh, 
the original post that we published about how Alien Covenant is sitting with people six months later. Mm-hmm. Hey, but so yeah. before we go to the the post that exploded, which was the, the one that we put out on the on the Perfect Organism page, can I suggest that we do um, a quick pass at the one that was on Building Better Worlds, our social media group, because there aren't quite as many there, and also it's uh, there's some nice thoughtful stuff in that in that that posting okay uh okay. i'll edit this part out but i don't there are so many okay. i don't want to do every single one of them like we can do all okay. of them in build, building better worlds and let's do half of the ones on the page it's just too many okay i i, I agree i agree because <laughs> this, yeah. this, this is getting ridiculous and are you are you doing okay with time Ryan? um yeah i can i can arrive there a little late it's all right, <laughs> all right. um it's about i'm pretty i'm I'm pretty close because I'm not actually at home right now, so I'm I can tell. Uh, sitting, sitting in my car. Your but, mic uh, is shit. Oh I'm kidding. <laughs> no, it's fine. <laughs> okay. Um, let's uh, let's then let's let's fucking let's do this. Um, so so, do you want me to share the screen, or do you guys know where we are? Uh, I'm just scrolling down to. It's the one Jamie shared that. Yeah. List thing, yeah. Right. Yeah. Okay. There's, uh, couple, there's nine comments total. Okay. Yeah. Okay. But they're like Jason. they're like kind of weighty comments we can like talk okay. about. Okay. Oh fuck! We have emails too. We can get to those mm. at a certain point. Okay, we'll do those. We'll do those separately. Maybe after Ryan goes or something. All right. Uh, so, so Jamie, you want to start? Should we start? Sure. Start. Okay. With uh, Jason's first, right? Yeah. Jason Romeo Ledger. Hey, Jason. Jason. What we, up? What up? We know him up, uh, from the Whalen Newtani Bulletin. He's hey, been Jay! active. All over Facebook. He's a great guy. Uh, I now feel this film isn't as bad as a lot portrayed to be. There's plenty of interesting stuff, and it's really pretty to look at. It certainly complements Prometheus in a lot of ways. Still think it sucks as an alien cannon goes. Feel free to leave that leave that last part out, guys. <laughs> a little late for that. No, nice. you know <laughs> we're looking for honest feedback, so you know. Yeah. Um, Daniel Cooper says, "I still believe it to be a love letter to the franchise and its legacy." I know some were disheartened with the direction or expecting a different Prometheus 2, but I felt Covenant was a logical route, considering the narrative and the themes presented. Marco Kanbanovich says, Saw it a couple of days ago, and I still share the same feelings of inadequacy, boredom, and disappointment. I mean, Prometheus has gone to the easy reach on my shelf— uh, in in Covenant, other than the fingering bit, nothing else is memorable. Daniel should have died within the first 10 seconds of the movie. They should have kept Franco, dazed and confused Franco. <laughs> I'm all in for it, but in all seriousness, he's a good actor. Mm-hmm. As I was watching, Walter is fucking useless. The constant dumb look on his face is beyond, are you asking me, sir? Yes, I'm asking you, you overrated Dyson. <laughs> 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 Then in the field, they're being attacked, and he uses the flashlight. <laughs> Does he mean to say flashlight? Yes. The flashlight. Flashlight. God, again with the dildo stuff tonight, and thinks, what the fuck was that? Oh, well. And then he sticks his hand down the thing's throat with a, with a sideways face. Then later with David, Jesus, fuck. Oh, my God. I'm so upset. <laughs> well, tell us how you really feel. Um, I, 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 uh, before I read the next one, I, I just want to say that this type of irate passion is exactly the kind of thing we've been discussing in terms of why people are kind of tiptoeing around Covenant and in some ways Prometheus, because it's just people feel rage. They feel like 
what is this yeah. thing that you say is an alien movie, but it isn't? Anyways, mm-hmm. we'll get into that later. But that's just, you know, and it's valid. It's something valid. You have to kind of see that, that, that passion, that a passionate opinion in someone and say, yes, I understand it's, it's struck something in you that's really feels false or, or counterfeit. And I think we need to validate that. Mm-hmm. Anyways, um, Juan Manuel Cardona says, I hate it. It's boring, unoriginal, pretentious, and edgy. Horrible special effects and characters that I don't even remember half of the time. Hmm. Or half of them. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Zay Shakers um, says, the more I watch it, the more I like it and appreciate it. I really loved it. Eric Paul says, I still love it. Walter is awesome, and I can see Daniels being a hefty lead in the next one. He- hefty, I'm assuming, in terms of characterization, not <laughs> body mass. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we just, yeah. we just need more from her. The <laughs> DNA play was very interesting. David is brilliant as a villain. Hey, I agree, Eric. The novel was an excellent read, too, I might add. Yes, it was. Alan Foster. Couldn't put it down and fix a lot of issues the movie presents at face value. I wish the engineers were a much bigger role, but I understand why it was marketed as Alien instead of Prometheus 2 or Paradise Lost. Brandon Holtzclaw says, Hey! I actually like it a bit more now upon repeated viewings. It's not perfect, but a few films but few films are. When it was released, it exceeded my expectations. It's only gotten better on repeat viewings. Okay. You no, know, Brandon's uh, he's a big Alien Three fan as well. I remember we've talked about that in the past. Yeah. So yep. what up, Alien Three? Actually, me and Brandon are friends actually on Facebook. What's yeah. up, Brandon? Yeah. Uh, Warren Smith says I love it more and more with each viewing. It's now my second favorite of the franchise after the original Alien. <laughs> Holy shit! Wow, that's interesting. That's cool. And, How dare and closing you? out this post, we have t- Taylor Seward who lets us know that he left a message for us, and so we're going to get to that. We will get very to that. short. You guys want to move on? We're almost done here. We got to go to the mm-hmm. the original post yep. right now. So should we go ahead and do that? I'm clicking over right now. <clears throat> I am clicking it. All right. <laughs> this, yeah, this, this one, this this one starts the same with the bang. one, right? Yeah, it's, it's the same one. Yep. Yeah. Okay. It oh. starts with the with the ass comment. Yes, it's the best ever. <laughs> who's who's reading this? Go ahead, Jamie. Okay. Luke Robinson says, she's so, just so amazing. It's sitting well right up my arse with all the other shite up there. Oh, it's <laughs> just awesome. <laughs> I, I picture like, it's sitting well right up right my up arse. Right up my arse. I have no idea where Luke Robinson is from, but that was, that was funny. I disagree with you, but I laughed very hard about that. <laughs> um, let's see. So Tim Kellen. Is that the next one? No. Did you guys have to? Robert Kurt Bensky. Oh, okay. Get it together, Robert Ryan. Kurt, might be Robert. <laughs> Robert Kurt Bensky says, um, perfect timing. I just watched it again two nights ago. Still an absolute disaster. After the backlash <laughs> of Prometheus, the studio and Ridley really did overcorrect. It's obviously it's obvious that they don't care or maybe don't understand the mythos that actually made the original aliens so effective. Yep, they don't. And then we have uh, Timothy Kewen, who um, comments in a number of places on this. He says, I still find it a terribly poor edition of the franchise. At least Prometheus, which I detest, was a visually beautiful movie and for all its myriad flaws was watchable. Yep. Covenant's trailers with footage and plot not seen in the movie promised a much better movie. Not a Wild Mart brand toaster oven playing God because de- – oh, I see what he's – like Wayland Dutton. Uh, yeah. 
not a not a not a whale a whale mart. That's that's funny. Brand toaster oven <laughs> playing God because Daddy said he had no soul. And way more egregious being the progenitor of our beloved big chap. All right. Peter E. Bruin says, I didn't dislike it. However, I have no desire to rewatch it. This was showing on an in-flight entertainment system on a flight home the other day, but just couldn't be bothered to watch it. Covenant isn't a bad movie. However, I can't put up my finger on why I'm so disinterested in this movie post-release. I just can't engage with it despite the excitement for it pre-release. Yeah. All right, Taylor Burke. This is a this is a long one. Let's see. Uh, he says, as a film, it's definitely a seven out of ten, and there are clearly far worse films. But like Prometheus, it just doesn't belong in the alien alien franchise. From the dumb plot holes to the equally dumb characters, the script itself is the overall problem. Ridley has basically replaced the franchise's lore and turned it into Ancient Aliens episode with David. The confused puberty acting android at the center of it all. Um, Scott's prequels tr- truly lack identity as well with the xenomorph no longer being at the center of the alien franchise, which is why people, audiences and fans are paying to see these films. First, it was about the origins of mankind then the engineers, Black Goo, Sean and Shaw and David. Sean. And suddenly, Sean. <laughs> um, <laughs> Sean David, then suddenly it's about Daniels and the Covenant crew, and then just David. There's no payoff in either film, which I believe is why less people bother to see Covenant, and that Prometheus was just not that well-received. At this point, I say either let Scott finish his story and then write it off later with films that are more based on the expanded universe mythology from the books and comics that fans grew up with, or just drop them now and not focus on new events rather than the mythology. Either way, the quality in these films must improve and meet a standard instead of being a level above sci-fi channel movies. <laughs> Dan Keen says, it's okay. Some really amazing aspects such as the score, cinematography, practical sets, acting, and I personally love the numerous religious and poetic references throughout the film. It does, however, fail at being both a Prometheus sequel and an Alien prequel. The movie tries to balance both and somehow becomes neither. Hmm. Mitch Mitchell okay, s- says, hey, Mitch, we're good friends outside of this. Uh, Mitch says, still just a bad idea brought to nauseating, nauseating fruition. I can watch the first act, and then I have to turn it off as soon as ham-fisted David shows up. So many new things. None of them had add any value or interest. I picture David with actual ham fists. For some reason, I think he's got ham on his <laughs> Uh, we'll edit that part out. (laughs) 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 This is gold. Uh, John, John Irby writes, uh, it still helps me to lose tremendous amount, tremendous amount of respect for Ridley Scott because of his utter disrespect for the rest of the franchise as a whole. Joel Gazy says needs a new creative team behind it. Although I enjoyed the first half right up to David's reappearance. And then it just got silly. Simon Doherty, um, I loved it at the pictures when it first came out, but when I watched it again on my TV, I was irritated by it. Too many unanswered questions. Um, the famous singer Sam Smith says, um, <laughs> I, still like it. I still like it. I still think it's a solid joint fourth place in the franchise, and I think that despite enjoying it as a, mo- as a movie, I would have loved it 
if some things were different. Hey, it's just a quick plug that Sam Smith's album came out yesterday and it's really good. So if you want to, you know, Oh, okay. That's cool. Um, Rick Zaleski says horrible after two flops. It's time for Fox to profusely apologize to bloom camp for letting Ridley screw him over. Amen. <laughs> Who is it? Me? Jamie. Oh, yeah. uh, Ashley Marie Limon. Limon, still the same as it was, really has fucked up the Alien franchise. And if I wanted AI as the focus of a movie, I'd watch Blade Runner. What? <laughs> Burn! <laughs> <laughs> Mic drop. Yeah. Do you think um, anybody's listening at this point? I don't know. I, 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 don't know. I, I hope they are because this is, this is getting fucking crazy. Well, we'll read about, <laughs> let's say, four more and we'll be done with this. Okay. Um, I'm tired of it. Juliet Y. Radel. <laughs> Is, um, the first part of the movie is great, but goes downhill when David appears. That seems to be a trend. Common. Yeah, a trend. Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. I, yeah. Billy Rivera says it still feels brought to you by the Sci-Fi Channel. The whole thing felt cheap. I would agree with that hmm. in some cases. Disagree. I disagree. You're blinded <laughs> by love. <laughs> uh, Nick Sayer, because so, these are so quick. Let's just do speed. Let's just go. Bing, bang, boom, boom, bing. All right, let's do it. Let's get these. Okay, let's go. Nick Sayer, I thought it was shit when it released, and I still, I still think it's shit now. What a disappointment! Dylan Stanford says rewatch this weekend. I just really enjoy it. <laughs> Oliver Lucen says rewatched it on Blu-ray last week. Still love it. Mike Locke Oliver says best for special effects. Andy Moon Wilson says I'm still into it. Joel Hoff says I love it. I need to rewatch. Cassian Willick says I'm still loving it. Ellis Scott, it's still awesome. <laughs> Javi Ramirez, I'll let you know. Dot, 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 dot. Claudy New, still love it. And those oh, are probably all the same person. Ones, <laughs> 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 yeah. um, Joel Steele. Um, That's a great watch- name. I know, I was just thinking that. Joel, Joel Steel. Hammer Pete Steele. <laughs> <laughs> you hear the porn music uh, engaged. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's fucking corn. <laughs> <laughs> that is Jimi Hendrix guitar. Yeah. Hard Love uh, starring Joel yeah. Hammer Pete Steele. <laughs> Joel Hammer Pete Steele. <laughs> Sorry, Joel. <laughs> oh man. Um, he says watching it again has <laughs> watching it again hasn't helped my opinion. The movie is not an alien movie. It's bloody Blade Runner, Robot Daddy, and God Complex Edition. Prometheus was a beautiful movie, not an alien one though, and left the possibility to tell some amazing stories in subsequent movies. Covenant is so far off the beaten track that almost three different genre of horror mixed with A-grade cinematography and is aimed to spit in the face of an alien canon. The amount of room they had to work with within to make it a coherent story, and they still balls it up. Personal verdict, cinematography, 10. Character development, 6. Plotline, 4. Overall, a solid 6.5. I think that's what I gave it to. Charles Nika, Nilka says, it's not really an alien film. It's more of a gothic science fiction film, which probably is the reason why the audience was confused. I enjoyed it. 
it's not quite as action-packed or suspenseful as I would have liked, but Ridley Scott is still a visionary director, and nobody makes movies that look and feel like his. It was also chock-full of references to classical art, which I enjoyed catching. Besides, it's supposed to be a middle act to a longer story. Thank you, Charles! This is what I keep telling people, and nobody <laughs> listens to me! That, that that's, that's what everybody's problem is. There's plenty of middle acts to other stories and other movies oh, that work. Oh, yeah, but we haven't had an alien one before, and this is the first time we have, and everything's all screwed up, and it's also world-building, and it's trying to build two universes and bring them together again. I'm getting back to Charles's comment. Hang on one second. <laughs> <laughs> Besides, this was a long story. I haven't stopped thinking about it since I saw it for the first time. I also had the pleasure of seeing Wagner performed live last week, which brought back memories of the ending. The use of music and art references put it above the usual multiplex fare. Hmm. Okay. Well, uh, Ben Benjamin Spalding says, seems more like a story for a rejected Blade Runner movie. Ridley Scott seems obsessed with biblical creation, AI, and the like, instead of the Xeno, which he seemed to think he could just toss as a MacGuffin to flesh out his psychopathic AI story of David. It was marketed poorly. Fox has, n- has no one that knows anything about Alien and thinks they can just toss in a couple of facehuggers and chest-bursting scenes, and voila, it's a five-star Alien film. Fox needs to do a post-mortem on Covenant and include an analysis of isolation and see why it was so loved. Make that story into a movie, and it would have been a million times better. In the end, I think we will grow to like it more like the fan base is growing to like Prometheus. That's not even true. Uh, myself included. Um, but he makes a good point. Isolation was incredibly successful. Um, and they, mm-hmm. need to figure, they need to understand why. But maybe that'll be Disney. Yeah. I'm just I'm so distracted by how eloquent the next person is. It's just it's like I'm reading the the voice of God or something. It's like, you know. Patrick Greeny? <laughs> it says everything I would have wanted to say. You know? I loved it more and more and the longer I live with it, even as it flaws. That's what your mom said to me last night. Uh... <laughs> Oh, man. <laughs> we can skip my incredibly perfect response. Are we really reading all of these? No, we're not going to do it. We're not going no, to do we're it. Almost, we're almost done. These people wrote in. We got to give them what they did. And also, it ends with the um, get to that. We got to get to that. I have there. Ian Chisholm next. Is that right? Yep. Okay. Ian Chisholm says, "Love certain parts of it. Disappointed as from the first Alien movie, I had imagined the alien as coming from its own planet." Subplot being the engineers had captured a queen for their own devices and had crashed on LV-426 after a facehugger had killed the pilot. <laughs> to be fair, it does say LV-264. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a lesser satellite called LV-264. That's a J.J. Abrams from his first one, yeah. It's the porn version. <laughs> LV-264. <laughs> 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 Hi. All right, Burroughs. I've seen it a few times now. I like it up until they meet David. Hey, there's another one. From there on, it loses all suspense, although there are still some great scenes like the egg chamber and the bombing of the locals. I I think more could have been made with the overgrown crashed engineer ship in the woodlands. That setting was perfect for a Xeno encounter. I I agree. I think that's an awesome set piece. Martin Wells says, it's an odd one. Has lots of good bits, but still feels very rushed and a reaction to the criticism of Prometheus. Guess we got what we wanted. Let's face it. The likes of Alien and Aliens are never to be repeated. Steven Sante says, I didn't see it, and I love horror movies. That's how bad it was. 
Owen. I watched the honest trailers version of the movie to confirm my doubts. So come on, man. All right, Steven. I, I, I think you should probably watch it before you say it's terrible. Yeah. <laughs> at least at least see it. Also, honest trailers, ex- that YouTube channel exists to make fun of movies. So like, you yeah. know. And you have no <laughs> business commenting on a movie that you haven't seen. None. Yeah. No business. Yeah. 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 Go, go, go back and see it. But, but thank you for the comment. And thank you for listening. All right, Chris TB, which I'm assuming does not stand for tuberculosis. I love it, and yet I'm still an avid fan of the first outing, my still all-time number one. Whoa, whoa, what? I agree. That's a <laughs> great movie. It was a great story told well about David's descent into acceptance of the anger he felt. There were moments that need overlooking, yes, gestation periods being my only real bugbear, but the change of this kept uh, a pace going to the film, I suppose. I like the bugbear reference. Is that a, is that a thing? I don't know. It is now. Fucking bug. Um, Luke Coffee Bainbridge, I loved it, and find that most critics are fans of Alien 1979 and can't accept anything other than that Alien 1979. Personally, I'm a huge fan of the comics Alien Labyrinth and found this movie very similar in tone and plot. That's interesting. I don't think that that's true at all. I don't. I love Alien 1979, but my problems with Covenant have nothing to do with it not being Alien 1979. And and just uh, just like a little a little side note here, I I watched that comment come out as I was watching these these things, and I was like, oh man, somebody's going to jump on that, and somebody did, and they had a little bit of a back and forth about it, and then you guys uh, resolved it really amicably, and it was a really nice. I actually got like kind of emotional. I was like, oh, it's a nice, you know, you guys did a really good job hammering that out. So thank you for uh, for being civil to each other because that's kind of what we're trying to go for, you know. They hammer peated it out. They hammer peated. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Can I see your? Hammer Pete. Cut <laughs> 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 <Got> it off! <laughs> um, uh, Brett Zimmerman says, seen it four times now, it has regressed with each watching. Just like Prometheus and Alien 3, they don't hold up to the first two classics. All right, another guy with a fucking badass name, Jackson Rockingham says, better than reviews, worse than it should have been. I'm irked that they took the original series and hijacked it to expand their fictional universe. Worse than, better than the reviews, worse than it should have been. I don't get that. I don't get that at all. I'm irked that they took the, I don't get that. Okay. Uh, Zach Rice. The reviews for it, um, in general, were not very bad. Don't forget, it's, it's still like 70% of Rotten Tomatoes, so... Uh, I'm gonna have to look at that up. Uh, uh, Zach Rice says, "I like it for what it is. It is in no way perfect. Maybe I'm not a fan enough of Alien or something, but I think of it as sort of a standalone. It's really not bad." David J. Weisberg says, "Still needless, irrelevant drivel. At this point, I say we give up on ever seeing a decent a- Alien sequel ever again and just nuke the entire franchise from orbit. It's the only way to be sure." And then somebody did a, a, a crying emoji reaction to it. <laughs> Such a sad comment. Dan Jones says, I've watched it twice. It's grown on me, but it's still disappointing. John Daly says, it's a good threat. It's a good threat to show naughty kids and watch when they are not around. Okay. Made treat? Did that's what I meant? It's still a good treat. To <laughs> oh, he said, he wrote threat. I read threat. It's still a good treat. It is, it, is it treat or threat? I think he meant... It's still a good. John Daly, you mean? Okay. Not, okay. Well, John Daly, stick to golf. All right, y'all. We're uh, we're an hour recording this. Let's go. Sweet. Okay. Let's do it. Um, it's supposed to be twenty so we're minutes. Just getting started. 
Uh, Chris <laughs> Hughes. <laughs> Nothing beats the old Alien movies. Way better. Samuel Lemeshenko, full bullshit mode activated. <laughs> Richard Mitchell, it was pointless, but less dumb than Prometheus. Less pretty, less original, and less new me as well. <laughs> Dan Barr says, great film, not the best in the series by a long shot, though I agree with fourth best in the whole franchise. Laird Parsons says, I bought the book and read that, so it's sitting a little better, truth be told. Gary Stevens says, still shit. Guba Mihailovic says, perfect, nice, love it. Liu Gautier just says, perfect, and then he has this adorable emoji with heart eyes smiling. <laughs> and last but not least, Clifton de Grimston, Alien, 1975, 1979 to 2017. Rest in peace. Killed by the fans. Dum dum dum. Now this, so so I, I so we should point out to those of you who aren't if if literally anybody's still listening to this episode at this point. So so Clifton put a picture of a tombstone, and then typed on the picture of the tombstone, and fans is in quotation marks. So what I'm wondering is Clifton, what are you going at here? Like are like is it is it like like killed by the quote unquote fans or like the fans themselves killed it. Is that for emphasis? The quotation marks are throwing me off. I feel like there's something really clever in this, but I'm having a hard time. Yeah. I'm, figuring what, yeah, it out. So I'm not sure. I want to hear more about this Clifton. Also, you also similar have an awesome name. I don't know if X is your middle name or not, but it's fucking cool. <laughs> yeah. Well, thanks everybody well, for thank writing you. in yeah. and uh, posting on the page and writing in our, in building better worlds, our discussion group. Um, yeah. Uh, you know, it's like we've been talking about, everyone's all over with this. Um, they have opinions are all over the map. Um, probably a little more negative than positive. Uh, and that's a fact now, Patrick. <laughs> Sorry. I had to rub that I'm in. I'm going to fucking hammer beat you. <laughs> really? Uh, <laughs> but yeah. Uh, so we'll see. I mean, another alien film might be announced shortly. If any, if, if what Ridley Scott said a couple of weeks ago is true, he mentioned in a, and some other type of setting that there's going to be an announcement soon. So we'll see about that. And it might even be produced by none other than Walt Disney Studios. Yeah. Yeah. Which means it might be good. <laughs> yeah, it yeah. might be. I know. What a crazy, what but, a crazy uh, week this is going to us. We will, hey, we still uh, got some emails to through. We do. We'll get to those. Eventually. Want to do those? No. Just another day. <laughs> Let's do it another day. Seriously. I, I, I got to get up at three. Okay. <laughs> I'm done. <laughs> how, how, how do you want to Um. Well, we'll just say thank you. Okay. Just because, like, because nobody is going to still be listening to this, can we end it? Like, I'll, just, I'll just count to three, and then can, can we all just simultaneously just shout thank you and then hang up? <laughs> Hey, you ready? Are you ready? Are you ready? And that's what's going to end with me. Are you ready? One, two, three. Thank, Thank you! you! For more on this and our other projects, please visit www.perfectorganism.com. If you'd like to join the conversation, find us on our closed Facebook group, Building Better Worlds. To support the show, please consider visiting www.perfectorganism.com dot com forward slash support we've got some great perks available and as always please consider rating reviewing and sharing this show we can't tell you how much your support means to us 
but we can hopefully show you by continuing to provide better, more ambitious, and more dynamic content for years to come.